Welcome to Cryptic Soup. Tonight's case is the mysterious death of Lauren Agee. Lauren and friends went to a fun festival on the lake, but before the weekend was over, Lauren went missing. By the time Lauren was found, she was dead. And the friends that were with her didn't seem at all phased by this, or even concerned. Did they know more than they were letting on? I'm Kylie. And I'm Thena. And tonight we have a confusing case to share with you. welcome back it's the the for us we're recording because you're listening so we recorded it for you to listen to um that's how the process works um it's the day after taylor swift's official super bowl oh my goodness of course so are we gonna talk about it because i didn't watch a lick of it a lick of it a Who lick are, of it what are you like 50 fucking nine years old jesus christ no Chill, i'm 90 bro. years old get it right clearly <laughs> um so it was all right, guys, it was Super Bowl 58. <sighs> Did you even know what number? Super no. Bowl was? Okay. <laughs> um, it was Super Bowl 58. It was Taylor Swift's uh, official first Super Bowl. And uh, she went out with a bang because she won. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew she was going to. I mean, it was obvious. I saw your theory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Theories mean it's not proven. It wasn't a theory. It's a proven fact that Taylor Swift is magical and she has superpowers that okay. involve the number 13. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. If you know, you know. Exactly. Now you know. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, no. There was a there were some commercials. I mean, there always are, and they were so expensive. I mean, they always are, but they were really expensive this year. And I made Margie watch the compilation video of like what were the funniest ones? And I think personally, I guess the two funniest ones to me were I think the Tina Fey one was kind of funny, especially if you watched 30 Rock. But it was funnier like when she's like, they're starting to stray from the path by the time she was like Sasquatch. And she's like, mm, a little derivative. <laughs> um, and then I really liked that the whole TikTok rumor of Michael Sarah owning Sarah Vey cosmetics and like lotion has now became like a fact among society. I saw that on TikTok. And that now, like, he is, like, <laughs> the owner and ambassador of Sarah Bay, supposedly. That was a pretty funny commercial. But otherwise, um, I don't know. I, a lot of people liked the Christopher Walken commercial. I thought it was okay. It was only funny, though, because it was Super Bowl-themed. Like, when Usher comes out and he's like, yeah. And Christopher Walken's like, don't you have somewhere to be? And he's like, oh, yeah. Because, get it, he had to sing at the super bowl but like if you watch that not during the super bowl that would be like really well, i don't know where does he have to be right like, well, I don't know. you know that usher released a new album no i know nothing about usher i only I'm saw it so on mad at spotify him. i i now have he is now one of my arch nemesis usher is okay i have beef with him because there were so many celebrities on that stage and none of them were justin bieber so what the fuck's up usher that's all. <laughs> like, what the fuck is up, bro? <laughs> you have feelings. I have feelings. Margie and I have decided that if we could pick one artist that we really, really want to see in the next like few years, it's it's just it's the Biebs. We both really? are very passionate about Justin Bieber. Yeah, we both. That's a thing. He like Margie. never remembers the lyrics to his song. Okay, first off, the other night he performed things from My World and. No, he he's good. He's, I, he's a good noodle. Yeah, I don't. 
I I like the Beebs. I love the Beebs. Uh, and then we went to one of our listeners' house the other night. We went to Sam's house, and Sam was like, "Thena, I gotta ask you a real question. Like, I gotta know this." She's like, "There had to have been something in life because One Direction came out in 2010. So you were what, like a senior?" And I was like, "Yeah." And she's like, "What was the obsession before One Direction? Like, what was it? Because I know there had to have been one." Yeah. So what what was the One D before One D? And I was like, "Well." There were like a few 1Ds. None of them were as big as 1D, obviously. Like 1D's been the big one. And I was like, you know, like, I love Taylor Swift always from the get-go. But that also was not super long before that. That was only a few years before that. And I was like, I really loved, you know, this and this. It was more things that were obscure. Like I, I was like, I loved Hannah Montana. Not Miley Cyrus, but Hannah Montana. Right. And she's like, oh, oh, no, that one's interesting. It's like Lizzie McGuire. Yeah, not Hillary Duff. I was like telling her some of the things that I really was passionate when I was younger about. (laughs) And then we leave and I was in the car and Margie and I were jamming hard to only Justin Bieber the whole way home for like 35 minutes. And then I get all the way home and I was like, oh, my God, I forgot to tell her how much I love just like boy band musicians in general. And I was like, I also have a big thing with the Jonas Brothers and the Biebs. And all she replied with is that checks out. You have a reputation. (laughs) All right. It precedes you. Okay. Okay. All righty then. All righty then. So how does that make you feel? (laughs) Well, I told Margie that I'm going to put on a festival kind of like warp tour, but it's going to be called Throwback Fest and people have to play their like original albums. And she's like, oh, okay. Who's going to be there? And I was like, Justin Bieber, the Jonas Brothers. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm trying to remember who all I named. I said, Justin Bieber, the Jonas Brothers. I said Nick Nick Jonas also separately, like outside of the Jonas Brothers, mm-hmm. who liked his first album. Uh, I said One Direction. I said Big Time Rush can be there. Oh, I said uh, I I was naming like all of these very no iconic- Backstreet Boys or insane. No, I named like all these boy bands. Oh, <laughs> and then I was like, since I'm sticking with boy bands, I guess Bad Omens can be there too. And she's like, uh, um, what? <laughs> Uh, okay all right i was like yeah yeah we can put them in there i guess we could just put pierce the veil too and she's like "Mm -hmm, yeah of course we can we can do that too and margie's like for it but i was like no one else will like our our setup here i don't think we're gonna have to have multiple stages yeah (laughs) yeah those 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 don't seem to go together no not quite yeah (laughs) maybe we'll have kelly clark's in there to soften the blow (laughs) the middle of everything boy bands and kelly clarkson sounds great (laughs) So, um, yeah. Anything happening with you? No, I don't think so. No boy bands you want to talk about? No. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Fine. Fuck you. (laughs) Fuck off, bitch. (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, we kind of talked about it in Boy Band Con, which is Mm. only archives. But were you a Backstreet Boys or an NSYNC person? There was just like no hesitation (laughs) whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) I like NSYNC better. Backstreet Boys was too slow songs. Too many slow songs. And they didn't have as good of outfits. I was Backstreet Boys. Okay, so you suck. But I liked NSYNC. I wasn't like... I liked liked Backstreet, but NSYNC was There's some people that are just like, no. But I hate Justin Timberlake. Like, I got beef with him. He is also one of my arch nemesis. Okay. Oh, also, you know how I'm really bad with celebrities and it's like this like ongoing thing that I don't know the difference between two people quite, quite iconically. Usually Mm -hmm. I was watching a movie with Margie the other day and I was like, oh, my God, you're going to love this movie because William Defoe's in it. William Defoe's in it. And I kept telling her how much she's going to love this movie because William Defoe's in it. 
and I was telling her and I was telling her we're like three quarters done with the movie. And then I was like, the next scene, William Defoe comes up and then the scene played out and she's like, is this man supposed to be William Defoe? Christopher Walken was on the screen, mind you. And I was like, very yes, that's not William Defoe, is it? And she's like, no, no, that is Christopher Walken. And I was like, hmm. Okay. The dogs are upset that I don't know the difference between these men. Um, and I was like, uh, yes, okay. So since that day has occurred, we have seen like four Christopher Walken films in a row in the past few weeks. And he has been in like everything we have watched. And I'm like, oh my God. And I can't remember Christopher Walken's name for the life of me. And so every single time I go, oh my God, look, it's not William Defoe. Every single time. Because that's easier to remember than saying Christopher Walken. And then the fucking Christopher Walken commercial comes out during the Super Bowl. And I was like, Margie, there's a not William Defoe commercial during the Super Bowl. They're very different. They're very different. Yes, I'm aware. I'm aware. But so is Conan O'Brien and Colin Farrell. But I think they're the same man. They're in a movie together. Oh, God, that would fuck (laughs) me up. One of them's in a true crime case, even. Let me see. Co- 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 no, not Conan O'Brien. God damn it. Now I don't even know. You keep William doing that. De- William Defoe. William De- New William- Rose Hotel is mm. the one that they're in What's together. the one that's not William Defoe? What's his name now? Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken <laughs> is in the <laughs> Natalia Wood case. And now I'm going to fuck that whole case up probably when we do it. <laughs> You're just going to call him. I'm going to call him William Defoe William the Defoe. whole night. <laughs> yeah. So that's a thing. Because, because, yeah, I'm not good with celebrities, guys. If you ever want to play a game, it's like question me about celebrities and you'll have a really good time. I'm bad. They have the same eyes. They look nothing like you can be honest. I know I'm bad at this. Yeah, everything else is not there. It's really, really bad. It's (laughs) it's the absolute worst. (laughs) It's fine. Mm -hmm. Well, um, you want to start the episode? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so. Tonight's case is Lauren Ag. It's been regarded in the true, 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 true time community. <laughs> don't know what happened as an unsolved mystery that needs to be reopened. People are really super curious about this case because they wonder what happened to Lauren and they want answers. They mostly want the truth to come forward because they think that there are a bunch of mysterious circumstances that surround Lauren's death that aren't solved correctly. This case takes place on July 25th, 2015. So Lauren went to Wakefest with some friends. And when the weekend ended, everyone was packing up to go home. But Lauren would not be one of those people. She would not be returning home. Instead, her family would be fighting for answers and justice would never be found. So let's get into it. I feel like I'm going to have feelings. You're going to have so (laughs) you might also have to google one or two pictures okay at the very end but i do a pretty good job i think explaining it so lauren taylor ag was 21 years old she was a criminal science major she lived in hendersonville tennessee when she died and there were a bunch of unanswered questions and there was a very less than thorough investigation so that's why everything's considered a mystery When I do this case tonight, I had to print out some of these things because I I'm going to show Kylie why and I put it in the pictures. But I want you guys to know why I have written statements from people. So we'll get to that later. 
But let's talk about who Lauren was. Lauren was born August 19th in 1993 in Biloxi, Mississippi. She's a Leo. She was born the same day as Matthew Perry. And that's National Potato Day. That's the best day. That might be the best day. (laughs) It doesn't even matter what kind of potatoes. Nope. I love potatoes. It goes over. What was the last one? Golden Retriever Day. Mm. And there was another thing. We've had a National Wine Day. I know that one was pretty fun. We have. We've had some good days. We've had some awful days. But we've had some good days. Someone needs to do something nice on August 19th for National Potato Day. Yeah. Local restaurants. Cough, cough. (laughs) Lauren grew up in Tennessee with her mother, Sherry. She had a stepfather named Michael and three siblings named Allison, Jordan, and Joshua. Lauren was described as beautiful, hilarious, vivacious, outgoing, energetic, and bubbly. She had a huge zest for life. And she she was all these things. When you see any like videos or pictures of her, she's gorgeous and she's happy. Her mother said she was very funny and she's she was very outgoing as a child. She always won tons of awards and ribbons that she loved to showcase. Um, Lauren had a playful side as well, but nothing that was like super big. Her mom said overall she was a really good person and you could always count on her. Lauren loved being active. She loved animals. She was always regarded as a great person all around to everyone that knew her. It's that whole thing. Like they lit up the room. Yeah, and it's always this. Lauren loved sports. She loved gymnastics. She was super passionate about dancing. And in high school, she was a member of the Henderson High Golden Girls. She even was was making up some recreational dance videos to post on the Internet. And because of these, she was offered a dance scholarship for Bethel University, which this bothers me so much, because if you think about this, she would have thrived on TikTok. She would have oh, like yeah. been the TikTok girly. Yeah. Think about it. Like, mm hmm. She ended up turning down her dance scholarship because she knew what she wanted to study and she knew it was the criminal justice field. So instead, she started to attend Vol State University in Gallatin, Gallatin, Tennessee. It's not Gallenberg. Nope. It's like, you knew what I was trying to do it. Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, "Mm, did I fudge it up? No, I I wanted it too. I wanted it too, but it's not. In 2015, Lauren told her parents she wanted to attend Wakefest with some friends for the weekend and Wakefest is this like super popular thing, right? It's a wakeboarding tournament that takes place every year in Tennessee. It's on center Hill Lake. It's about two hours outside of Nashville. The goal of the event was to start promoting the sport of wakeboarding. Since it began, the event itself has just grown so much in size that nowadays it's become one of the largest grassroots tournaments in the Southeast. And it is like a huge deal. They have like this whole website. It's like this big deal. Sounds like fun. Every year at Wakefest, tons of people come out, whether it's fans to watch the events, professional wakeboarders that start taking place in it, or just like people that just want to like come and see things, party it up, because the daytime's filled with events. And by night, things always turn into a giant party where all the attendees will camp out. They spend their times in houseboats or lakeside cabins and around the local marina partying. So knowing this, her mother, Sherry, just like, had a bad feeling. She thought that this maybe wasn't the best idea. And she, it was one of those things where she's like, "Mm, this doesn't feel right. It's a gut feeling. She knew that Lauren was going to be going with her childhood best friend named Hannah Palmer. And 
that was something that already started off like what worried Sherry. So Sherry never really liked Hannah because Hannah was not a really good friend to Lauren. Sherry always said that Hannah was the type of friend that only called to hang out when she was bored or if she needed something. She said Hannah was a really fair weather friend, especially like Hannah was the type of person where if she got with a new boyfriend, she would just forget Lauren even existed. She's one of those friends. One of those. But Lauren's 21 years old. She was determined and she told her mom she wanted to go. So nothing was going to stop her. And Sherry knew that. So instead, she's like, all right, I I should at least tell her to have a good time and like just be safe. Right. So Sherry does just that. She tells Lauren that she wants her to be safe. She wants her to have fun and to like, you know, like check in with her, things like that. And the weekend started off pretty normal and fun for Lauren. So Lauren was going to attend Wakefest and she found out that there was going to be some friends there. Pretty much she knew that it was going to be her, her best friend, Hannah. They were going to go down together and they were going to meet with Hannah's boyfriend, Aaron. On Friday, July 25th, 2015, Hannah and Lauren piled into Lauren's car, packed up for the weekend getaway. On the way to the cabin, things seemed perfectly normal. Now, I'm going to, on the way to the cabin. Mm -hmm. So this is what Lauren thinks, that they are on the way to a cabin. Because that's what she's told, okay? Okay. On the way to the cabin, um, things seemed perfectly normal. The two friends pile in the car. Lauren and Hannah start uploading pictures to social media. They're in the car. They're listening to music. They are having a great time. They were so excited to attend Wakefest. They're like, you know, they're doing that girl thing. They're like jamming out in the car. They're, mm-hmm. I don't, 2015. Do you think MapQuest was around then? I feel like it was probably back then. Yeah, that was around. Yeah, I think. So they're like MapQuest and directions. They're like, you know, stopping to get snacks at gas stations, probably joking around texting people being like we're gonna be there in four hours or whatever it is you know things like that 2015 yeah there's definitely smartphones yeah i was just trying to like put it into perspective i'm like trying to think it's hard no, to do I hear, that in I the hear moment you though yeah i hear you so they just knew that they were gonna meet like aaron and them there and hannah knew who all was going so she knew that they were gonna meet the guys there lauren didn't totally know who all was gonna be there but she knew aaron was going to So when they get there, Lauren and her best friend Hannah were going to go to the marina because that's where everyone goes to party. Specifically, there's a place called Pate's Ford Bar, I guess. And they're going to go to Pate's Ford Bar. And that's where they meet up with Hannah's boyfriend, which is Aaron Lilly. And Aaron has his friend Christopher Stout with him. So that day, Lauren meets Christopher Stout for the first time. Now. Do feel you, like that's monumental. <laughs> do you remember the story about Kilroy Barr and the girl stumbling and all that Lauren Spire? Yes. Lauren Ag and Lauren Spire are going to sound a little alike. OK. So just like this girl's also meeting some random dude for the first time. Just I, that's all. OK. OK. So she's meeting Christopher Stout for the first time that night. Now. The group's planning to stay at the lake, and Lauren told her mother, Sherry Smith, specifically, they're going to stay in a cabin for the weekend. So if you heard that from your child, where would you assume they're staying? Um, uh, in a cabin? <clears throat> okay, so probably like a cabin, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know it seems weird that I'm repeating this multiple times, but you would assume maybe like a sheltered area that's a cabin-shaped area? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe I, on a campsite? Mm, okay. Yeah, I yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure that we're on the same page, right? Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. So the campsite, Lauren and her friends start to go there. It's not a cabin at all. It's an outcropping that's located across from the lakes marina. 
Now, outcroppings are rock formations that are visible from the surface. So literally just think of it as like almost like a mountain rock Mm -hmm. formation, right? The rocky area specifically they are staying at has a steep drop. You're like, how steep is it? (laughs) 35 foot drop down to the lake on one side and a 90 degree straight down 90 foot drop to the lake on the other side. Sounds really safe. And there are jagged, sharp rocks at the bottom in all the shallow parts of the water. Okay. Okay. So So, don't fall. Yeah. So it's like over three (laughs) stories tall and it's just a straight drop down. Now. The campsite sounds a little dangerous, right? Yeah, it's going to get much worse. Okay. From the bars and marinas, it can only be reached by boat or by boating, like with a paddle boat or something like that, or like a canoe. But also, it's difficult to get there by boats, battle boats, battle boats, <laughs> all that kind of stuff when sober and during daylight. So imagine you're partying and it's nighttime and you're drunk having to do that. Mm-hmm. Sounds fun. And the land around this area is so rocky and unsafe that getting there, you have to walk up a steep, rocky inclination that's so steep that there's a long rope tied off to a tree that you have to hold on to to prevent from falling straight downwards while you're climbing up it. Okay. <laughs> Sounds Seems really a fun. little intense. <laughs> that's not even all of it. We're okay. not done describing how unsafe it is. Oh, no. So the first day, I haven't described the sleeping arrangement yet. Keep that in mind also. The cabin thing wasn't the only problem with this whole where they're staying. Mm -hmm. So the first day, the group of four end up partying. They go, they spend time on the lake. They're having a good time. And at this point, nothing was super out of the ordinary, at least other than like the whole cabin not existing. Mm -hmm. So the first part of the weekend is filled with partying. And so we do have to take the word of everything from a bunch of drunk 20-year-olds. So... Keep in mind, there might be some discrepancies of things that might line up between Friday and Saturday during daytime, nighttime, time zones, time frames, everything, because literally we're dealing with like 10 different people that are all drunk partying and that's all we got. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. Sounds yeah. factual. And everyone's also like on a beach or in water. And so not everyone's wearing like watches and stuff or people aren't like checking their phones nonstop because they don't want to get them wet. Mm-hmm. So also like we're like, Oh, it's probably midnight because I got here at nine and I've been drinking. I drank three beers and, you know, maybe I drank a beer an hour. So it's been at least three hours. So it's midnight. No, you drank three beers in seven minutes. It was actually 907. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, fair. like, keep that in mind when yeah. we're going through all this. Like, no one has any fucking time frames here. OK, so they get there. It's fun and games. The group spends the day drinking, watching the water sports and partaking in cliff diving while oh. drunk. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. So the whole place is not well supervised, but this particular activity is super dangerous and not well regulated. The drop was really high and there's a lot of rocks in the area, and some of them are really well hidden and hard to avoid as the waves are crashing over them. The friends will later tell a story that they say when it was Lauren's turn to jump, she actually avoided all the visible rocks. Great, right? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But then there's this other story that when she actually got really close to the bottom, There was a rock that was invisible almost or that it became visible and she banged the back of her head on the rock and then she got a concussion potentially and she was out of it for a little while. Okay. As if she maybe like wasn't conscious, but then all of a sudden she was fine and she was okay and she was ready to carry on with the rest of the day and get drunk and party. Okay. And no one like seeked any help for that. Yeah. They didn't think that that was an issue. Uh Uh-huh. 
But again, we're minding this from a bunch of drunk people. So yeah, maybe that happened or maybe that didn't. Okay. All right. Later that night, the group went out to a bar. Um, and I do believe that's when they went to Pate's Ford bar. There's a few bars and they're all within like kind of just walking distance, but Pate's Ford bar is the biggest one. And that's the one that everyone pretty much just calls the bar. And it's what's called the Marina bar. So I think that's the one they spend most of their time at. So they go out to the bar and there's footage that's captured of Lauren and the others inside the bar. And Lauren's acting like her normal, energetic, lively self. It doesn't look like she suffered a concussion. She doesn't look uneasy. She doesn't look out of place. Like nothing looks wrong. Since Wakefest is such a big deal, anyone who's anyone wants to go to it. So sometimes you'll go there and you'll just wind up seeing mutual friends, right? And that's what happens. Lauren sees one of her mutual friends, which is Cassie Franks. So Cassie Franks is one of these people where she knew her, but other people in her group knew her for maybe not so good reasons. Mm. And here's why. So Lauren and Cassie went to school together, but Cassie happens to be Aaron Lilly's ex-girlfriend. Got it. Put a pen in it. Love it. Not necessarily an ex-girlfriend. Put a pen in it. Put a pen. Put a, put a big pen. The biggest pen we've ever put. So Lauren, I mean, Cassie says she remembers seeing Lauren that night on the dock. And she was at the bar and she was in the marina and she was acting completely normal. But maybe she was just a little intoxicated because she was acting like giggly and fun. Right. Right. But like later they were like, well, maybe she had a concussion. Did she seem like it? And Cassie was like, no, like that's not it at all. <laughs> But then Cassie's like, well, they were like, do you remember her seeing her interact with anyone? Because they did ask her questions, right? And Cassie's like, well, I remember seeing her with her group and she saw Lauren and Chris interacting, which remember, that's the person she just met. Right. And she said she saw them interacting, but Lauren made it very clear to Chris she was not interested in him that night because Lauren has a boyfriend back home and her relationship is going very well. And for her, this weekend is about having fun with her friends, like specifically with like Hannah. And that's why she's here at this event. She is not here for a hookup or for some dude or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So get it right. My girl Lauren is not like that. Do not. <laughs> you respect her name. Yeah, Shiro, you tell him. <laughs> we have um, we have the dogs with us tonight, guys. <laughs> Can you tell? Earlier that night when Lauren was originally... Like looking at where they were staying, the quote unquote cabin, not a cabin, not a cabin at all. <laughs> Lauren had seen where they were staying and she was concerned because she did not like these big drop offs. She said it looked terrifying. And she said she was really nervous of sleeping on the cliffside. Because I haven't mentioned those sleeping arrangements yet, right? So Lauren mentioned this to Cassie and Cassie remembers Lauren asking her if Lauren could stay with Cassie's group in their cabin, because Cassie does a have real a cabin. cabin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but the problem is, is Cassie's group didn't have any extra room. So Cassie had to turn her down, which, you know, Cassie every single day is like fucking biting Upset. herself in the ass for. Right. But it is not her fault. No. Now, Cassie had actually stayed, stayed at the same spot that Lauren was staying at this time a few years earlier, and she vowed she would never stay there again because to her, she also said it was the scariest place ever. So the reason why is Cassie said it's so terrifying to sleep because it is literally like when you get up there, a hammock tied loosely between two trees that dangles out over above the water and this giant drop off. No. Uh-huh. No, thank you. So Cassie felt really terrible turning her friend down, 
but she didn't think that anything like someone dying would come from it. So she like, right. you know. I mean, nobody really thinks No one that. thinks those. Yeah. yeah. Also at the marina and bar there, there was this security guard. And he was helping out with the events. His name was Chris Yarchuk. He was an off-duty officer and he was helping with, he was helping, but he was actually from a nearby county. So he's a police officer from a nearby county. So he doesn't have jurisdiction in this area, but he's security guarding at the event. So don't think of him as a cop, but think of him as a security guard. So he doesn't have a ton of clearance, but he, he but knows he is a what cop. he's talking about. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Now he remembers seeing Lauren and her friends leaving in the canoe to head back to their campsite. And since it's confusing, we have a good Chris and a bad Chris now because we have Chris the cop and we have Chris the asshole. Um, I will try to at first call Chris like probably like the security guard, the guard or like Yarchuk and stuff. I won't try to call him Chris more than likely just to make things easier. Or like I'll use first and last name. Now, according to the guard, Lauren left the bar with her friends. So Lauren, Hannah, Aaron and Chris Stout left around what he thinks was 2 a.m. The guard then saw them walk down to the docks by the lake, and he really remembers this because he made a mental note to remember that that group was severely intoxicated, and he felt a little uneasy seeing them go back to that really dangerous site to stay for the night when they were already that drunk. But he tried to be like, you know, like, it's not your business. Like, you're technically the security guard at the marina. Like, put that away. Put that thought away. That's not your spot. Mm -hmm. Because... The spot they were camping at is technically not considered part of Wakefest grounds. So he really didn't have any yeah, jurisdiction. Yeah, so now it's even more out of his jurisdiction. And he's like, God, God damn it. But he had this like weird looming feeling when he saw it. And he's like, mm-hmm. ah, you know, like it's just sitting on the back of my mind. You just really can't get that shit out of your brain, do Like you just sit there and stew over you it. You do. So there was camera footage at the marina that showed the group leaving the bar at 2 a.m. So those two things coincide, right? And the group's heading down back to the docks where they'll take the boat canoe to get back to their campsite. So they get in a canoe and they go back. There was a video of them returning to the campsite and you can overhear what it sounds like Lauren. It could have been Hannah, but it sounds like Lauren in the video. And she says, we're going into a death trap. Like, that's how she viewed this campsite. I mean, do you blame her? No, she's totally in the right. Yeah. When they get back to the area, they actually party for another hour before Hannah and Aaron decide to retire to their tent because they have a tent Mm -hmm. and they go to bed for the night. So they have this tent with sleeping bags. And then Hannah does have, I mean, not Hannah, uh, Lauren does have a sleeping bag because it's in the evidence footage. And in one of the evidence things, it looks like there's two hammocks, um, which some people pronounce this hammock, by the way. Side note, I'm a hammock person, but, but I have never heard that. A hammock? Yeah. Yeah. Even when I was watching the videos, there was a few people that were hammocks and some people were hammocks, which it's spelled hammock. I get it. I mean, it is. But, but I'm a hammock. Hammocks yeah. more roll off the tonguey. Yes. Um, But in the pictures even of like Lauren and Chris, because there's a picture where Chris is sitting behind Lauren and he's like sticking his tongue out and Lauren's like smiling. Like you could definitely tell someone probably like had them pose for this. They're right. sitting in the same hammock. And then there's this picture, pretty much the same picture, but from like a different angle. And it takes a picture of the tent and you can see like Chris's shaggy hair. And I think it's Lauren's foot you see kind of like sticking out. They're again in the same hammock. But then there's like this other picture where it looks like there's a hammock on the ground, but then you can see a hammock kind of suspended in the trees. 
So there might have been two hammocks, but in every part of the story, you always hear about the singular hammock that's being shared. So it is. We'll talk more about the double hammocks theory later, but keep keep in mind, potentially there's a double hammock thing here. Okay. There's so much confusing thing in this case. This one's going to (laughs) really, this is almost more confusing than any of the other confusings we've had. And we do a lot of confusing cases. Interesting. Okay. So they retire to their tent and the sleeping arrangement was going to be awful because the plan was for Hannah and her boyfriend to share a tent and their sleeping bags, whatever. And meanwhile, Lauren, to meet this new guy, Chris, for the first time ever. Meanwhile, her friend Hannah knows she has a boyfriend and be forced to share a fucking hammock with this weird ass fucking dude, Chris, that she just met for the first time ever. I wouldn't even share a hammock with Corey. Where they're fucking suspended over the fucking water. No, Mm -mm. no. So this made Lauren super uncomfortable. This was her first time meeting him and the shady hammock circumstance. No, no. And I haven't even mentioned Virginia yet. Wait till I mention Virginia <laughs> <laughs> or bricks. There's so many other people in this scenario I have not mentioned. OK, when everyone goes off to bed, Lauren supposedly went into the hammock with Chris and she was pretty annoyed by the situation. But supposedly the plan seemed set in stone and she didn't know what to do with it. There is a separate story right now that she texts a friend from home named Jade saying that she was miserable. However, I can't find that in the court transcripts, so I'm not going to deem that believable, but some people will put that in right here. If you want to hear it, that's it. She texts a friend named Jade. She says she wants to go home. I don't know. Moving on. The next afternoon at 4.30 p.m. 4.30 p.m. On Sunday, the 26th, a man named Lynn Blair and his son Dylan were fishing on the lake they spot a face down floating body in the water of the cove. The body was of a female who was wearing bright pink shorts and a black tank top. They find out that it was Lauren. So they originally see something kind of like pink in the corner of their eye and they're like, oh my God, what is it? And they kind of go over to it and they're like, oh my God, it's a body. Yeah, right. So Dylan's an EMT and he instantly sees that the person in the water was beyond saving. So he's like, dad, like don't touch the body. Don't disrupt the body. This is a potential crime scene. So the two fishermen realize they have no service. They head back to the marina to tell them what they found. They said they found a woman and the authorities need to be notified. So the people they talk to at the marina are Deanna and Harry Elder, who work at the marina. So now Dylan and Lynn talk to Deanna and Harry Elder. And at first, Deanna and Harry talk to Officer Yarchuk. Because Officer Yarchuk's the security guard, right? Mm -hmm. That I talked to. Mm -hmm. And Officer Yarchuk called into the DeKalb County Sheriff's Department. So it sounds like there's a lot of people, but really it's just those two people, those two people, and this sheriff. Five people know. Nobody else knows. This is not being broadcast. This is not being talked about. Like, the marina's, like, not even really open. Like, it's not like they're, like, talking about it loud. No one knows about this. No one knows there's a fucking body in the cove. Okay. Note that. <laughs> Noting. They're like, hey, let's go check on the body. And I hate using their last name because it sounds like I'm talking about old people. The elders. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the elders get in one of the uh, the canoes, you know, or whatever. And they head out to the cove along with some of the authorities. And they're heading out to see the body. Now, where Lauren's body is discovered is not a place she could have naturally fallen to. 
Now, I'm going to try to describe this, and it's in the pictures. You really have to look at this because it makes no sense. From where the hammock is located, Kylie can kind of look at my hands if she wants, but there's like <laughs> this here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw her a picture. No, this is going to make noise. Okay. Is there anything in this cup? No. This is... <laughs> the cliff this is the cliff okay (laughs) okay all right her hammock is over here on the cliff Uh okay she would have had to fall down this hill go around a peninsula of land then go full reversal backwards in the opposite direction of a current then sideways into a cove also opposite the direction of a current okay Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. seems unlikely it makes sense if you look at the picture, I draw the little arrows. Because <laughs> right now that sounds like I'm fucking just making shit up. <laughs> Backwards. <laughs> in reverse. Backwards. Put it in reverse, Terry. <laughs> at this point, the only people that know where Lauren's body is. Two fishermen, two workers in marina, the authorities, right? So we still got this like five to six people line up. Mm-hmm. Who are all literally en route to the body together in these canoes, right? They're mm-hmm. like together, right? Right. Right? Uh-huh. So Officer Yarchuk is like working his way to the body and he sees a fucking the weirdest shit, right? He's in his pontoon and he sees another fucking canoe headed towards where the body is. And he's like, uh, hey, what you doing? You need to go back, like go away. Yeah. But he doesn't tell them why. Right. And the man from the other boat yells, but um, there that person in there, one of our friends is over there. That could be one of our friends over there. Oh, keep in mind, no one knows there's a body in there. Right. And the officer kind of looks at him and he's like, huh? Ask me who the fucking dude in the canoe is. It's fucking Aaron Lilly. OK. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Aaron Lilly just somehow knew there was a body in the cove and he thinks it might be his friend. His friend that he has not reported missing, mind you, also. Right. So Harry Elder describes the situation. He's like, Aaron was in a canoe paddling over there. And he says to me, that could be our friends over there. And I think it's odd because like we haven't publicly announced anything about a person in the water. I don't know how he knew that. So like literally, it's exactly like I said. So Officer Yarchuk, since he was from the neighboring jurisdiction, like I said, he realizes Lauren's body's out of it, uh, out of his jurisdiction. So he's like, "Okay, I have no authority. But I have a feeling this is a crime scene. So I'm going to start taking mental notes in case something gets overlooked because he's really afraid that something's going to go wrong here. Mm -hmm. He says when he gets there and he first sees the body, he starts instantly noting things. The first thing he sees, the body has a bunch of trauma and blood to the back of her head. Along with on her left side and her shoulder area, she has a bunch of trauma and blood and bruising. He notices what he thinks looks like a bite mark on Lauren's chest. She has a bruised triangular shaped imprint on her abdomen. And then he out loud suggests they should do a rape kit on her. Oh, Mm -hmm. okay. So then Officer Yartuk like talks with the authorities and stuff. And the authorities realize that Lauren had not been reported missing by the group that she was with. Neither Hannah, Aaron or Chris have called anything in about her being potentially missing, dead, gone, any single thing. Nothing. Yeah, no, nothing. But, you know, Aaron thought that the body in the cove could be hers. So weird. 
And it's also weird because Lauren's mother had been trying to get in touch with her numerous times that day. She had been having tons of phone calls. She sent her messages. She was like, hey, hey, you, hello, like all these things and nothing. She heard nothing from Lauren and she was getting really, really worried. So now because of where she was found, the Tennessee Wildlife Resource Agency, also called the TWA, got notified. The DeKalb County authorities contacted Sherry Smith, finally at this point, and told her that her daughter was in a tragic accident and going to be taken to the hospital. So Sherry arrives nearly 12 hours after her daughter had been missing, actually. But when Sherry finally gets there at the hospital, they finally tell her the devastating news. So a DeKalb County Sheriff deputy tells her that her body was found and she's actually deceased. That's sad. Sherry says she remembers it so intensely. She said the officer told her, I just want to tell you that your daughter didn't make it. She's dead. Instinctively, because she didn't trust Hannah or the group, remember from the get go, Mm -hmm. Sherry's first statement was she said, where are the people she was with? Yikes. And of course, the authority actually he was like, we already have them for questioning, which he um. He wasn't lying. They really did, like, by that point, have them for questionings. But we're not there in the storyline because, you know, there's like two storylines going on. So by the time they found the body, right, the group of friends were currently partying. Oh, yeah. They were enjoying their weekend vacation because she wasn't missing. Remember? Right. They were acting like nothing was changed and nothing was different. So when authorities do finally catch up to them and they end up going to them, they were like, hey, can we briefly question you guys about stuff? And they're like, yeah, of course. What's wrong? Like, what's up? Yeah. So Officer Ryan Mellison asked Chris and Aaron if they could go and see the campsite where Lauren was staying because they just want to get some answers and all that. And like they weren't thinking they were suspects or anything. They just wanted to like see the area. Mm -hmm. So Chris and Aaron ride over with the officer. And you have to remember, like everyone's riding over in paddle boats and canoes. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's not just like (laughs) it's like (sighs) we're having to like canoe our way. So we're also talking the whole time. Like we're communicating in these fucking canoes. Right. So Chris and Aaron ride over with Officer Yarchuk and Officer Melanson. And Officer Yarchuk's just like along for the ride at this point. He doesn't trust anyone, yeah. which good on him. I mean, he's kind of a witness-ish. Yeah. Ish, ish. So when Melanson questions the guys, they originally said Lauren didn't return with the camps, didn't return to the campsite with them Saturday night, actually. Oh. Mm-hmm. So he asked them if either of them had... um that any evidence that could have been visible during the autopsy that would have like showed up something like maybe like something that would have showed up during like a rape kit Mm. maybe like anything that would Mm -hmm. have done that Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden both boys were like wait what do you mean and like they both all of a sudden kind of got a little interested in like wondering what the cops were asking so then all of a sudden chris is like actually i have a story to tell you and they were like oh what do you have tell us and he's like Lauren and I had 100% consensual sex that night. Um, And then, so she actually did come back to the campsite. We had consensual sex and he kept using the word consensual. And he's like, Mm -hmm. and then she left the campsite. Okay. So then Harry Elder hears that. And he's like, that's weird. Because earlier in the questioning, you guys both admitted you also had zero sexual relations with Lauren. Like, that was a for sure statement you both made. Mm-hmm. So Harry Elder tells that to the authorities. He's like, that's not what they said earlier. That seems a little sus. Yeah. Just slightly. 
So then Aaron, <laughs> so then Aaron tells Chris he needs to be quiet and that Aaron will just tell the authorities what happened. And like, he, he knows better, like, mm, let me handle this type thing, mm-hmm. okay. which is kind of Aaron's personality. So everyone always is like, oh, that's a big sign. But to me, that's actually the least damning thing Aaron does because he's kind of a fucking tool bag. Um, and he's like, uh, it's my way or the highway and I'm in control, like in his relationships, his life, everything. So like, actually that's like the most normal thing in the whole fucking case and like the least suspicious thing, but it's fine. So officer Yarchuk and Aaron decide that they're going to head up to the campsite while Melison stays back. Melison stays back with Chris, which we got a little bit of the Seth Jackson happening here. Yeah, a little bit. I'm like repeating all the most recent cases we have right now. This is like a. I hate to say this because it sounds kind of like I'm glorifying it and I'm not meaning it like that, but it's like a like the best of the best. Like when you like take all the best moments of everything and then you like put them oh, in a thing. Yeah. But not that. It's just like the I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah that's the only way I can think of to describe it. But it's the climactic sessions and yeah. each. <laughs> Except for this one, sadly, isn't gonna get solved using those like all the others do. <sighs> right. Fuck that. So the officer notes that when th- Chris and I mean, when Aaron and Officer Yarchuk walk away, Melanson stays back and he notices Chris is staring at his gun because, you know, he's he's an officer. He's got a gun on his hip. Right. And Chris is also a fucking tool bag. (laughs) These guys are not good news. So he asks him, he's like, what are you thinking about? And Chris's response is, I'm wondering how I'm going to get that gun off your hip and get off this boat. Oh. And like you're thinking like, uh, where did that fucking come from? Maybe it was meant to be like a joke. Like he was trying to be like, huh, yeah. you know, and like maybe he just doesn't have like Riz or something. Right. Do you like how I use that? Yeah. My hip, like a hip kid. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, the Riz. Okay. The Riz. So then Chris repeats it and he's like, did you hear me? I said. Oh. And he says it again. Okay. And the officer's like, what the fuck is wrong with you, idiot? <laughs> And so the officer's like, all right, I have a bad feeling about this dude. But then nothing happens. Neither one confront each other. And then they just sit there. Okay. Yep. Well, that's awkward. Yeah. Yeah. And they just sit there like that. And while the other two guys are up at the campsite. <laughs> that's like the most awkward. That's so okay. weird. Okay. Uh-huh. So at this point, somehow, some, some point, <laughs> Officer Yarchuk and Aaron head back down. So now the two officers and the two dudes are back together. It's the foursome again. And they decide that they're going to head back to the marina because they're going to go meet up with Hannah. And they're going to go ask Hannah some questions now. So Hannah ends up telling so she's 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 a she's a little spitfire. This girl should write for Wattpad or something. She's got stories. <laughs> she's got she's got so many stories. She's good at these. Um, she tells three different stories to three different people. Oh, she tells one story to the elders, one story to the detectives, and then one story to the, the other authorities. And at one point, the authorities were like, what the fuck happened to Lauren? <laughs> like, do any of you know who Lauren is? Because Jesus fucking Christ at this point. So please speak to Hannah, Aaron and Chris about the situation. Again, they're not being questioned as suspects. They're literally just trying to get information. They're just trying to find out if they knew what happened the night before. So they tell the police the Hannah, Aaron and Chris are all like, we've all been drinking since we got here. Like, 
we were drunk by the time we get back to the campsite and the police are like, okay, like that's good to know because if there are some slight differentials, now we know why. But at least as long as like the main theme of the story goes along with each other, we know, you know, where it goes. Mm -hmm. But that's the problem. Not even like the, it doesn't. Right. So Officer Melanson interviews Aaron and Chris and he says they both seem really nervous and anxious throughout the interview and that they seemed like they showed no sympathy whatsoever. Each member gives a written statement to authorities and asks them about what happened. So I printed these off. (laughs) I'm going to read word for word what these say. Okay. And then we're going to kind of talk about them for a minute. All right. (laughs) ASMR for you. Okay. So these were done on 7-26-2015. And Hannah's was... First at 7.13 p.m. She did hers at the Still Point boat ramp. And she said, I'm 22 years old. I live at 1026 Andrews Run, Hendersonville, Tennessee. I'm giving my statement actually to Brian Williams, who is the sergeant at DeKalb County Sheriff Department. Okay. She said, last night we were at Pate's Ford Marina. We got in the canoe and then she wrote canoes and scribbled it out and wrote canoe singular. So there was two canoes and she like scribbled it out. Okay. Okay. And then she said to go home. And then she wrote like in parentheses to the cliff. She said, we got to the top and all went to lay down for bed. Me and Aaron were in the tent. Lauren and Chris were in the hammock. When we woke up this morning. Lauren was gone, but all of her stuff was V still at the campsite. We thought she might be at Wakefest, but she wasn't there. We immediately went to the campsite when coming back to the dock, she wasn't up there still, but her stuff was scribbled out. She says, I went to see if she might have been at the Pates Ford bar and I saw that scribbled out. The policemen were headed to our campsite area, signed Hannah Palmer. And it took her over 10 minutes to write that. Okay. 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 Then the next one, I think, is Aaron's. The thing is, is I can't tell what time Christopher stouts. Christopher's is either 721, 741, or 751. So I don't know, but 728, Aaron Lilly did his and he spelled his own name wrong. Okay. (laughs) So Aaron Lil, (laughs) um, 24 years old. uh, He's 24? Yeah. And I love that for him. I, oh my God. (laughs) Um, And it says like, who did you do yours with? And like everyone else wrote like their full name out and like wrote like Brian Williams. He just wrote B Williams. Okay. Okay. Um, and I'm trying to see, yeah, they all gave the same department number, which is five thirteen. I want to see if there was like errors. So he wrote and it took him over 10 minutes, uh, almost 10 minutes. Also he wrote Lauren. I saw last when we were coming back from the bar with our group, there are no punctuations. I just want this to be known. <laughs> course not and also all of them right in all lowercase except for the word the very first word of the like first thing so like last night we were at pate's 
last and pates was the only two things capitalized in Hannah's entire thing. They're they're anxiety induced. His is Lauren is the only thing. So keep that in mind. Okay. Lauren, I saw last night when we were coming back from the bar with our group, she had cried about <laughs> C-R-Y-I-E-D. Yep, I fear that. <laughs> about her ex-boy who I saw the vert marinally and had said she tried to make a move on him and e and with an e he refused it <laughs> said her last saw her going to houseboat she was last seen by he would say midnight before hannah spelt wrong he put m's instead of n and I got to bed in our tent at the campsite, scribbled out long sentence, the letter R, his signature. Okay. Just reminds me of the last case we did. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Christopher Stout. Okay. Christopher Stout. At some fucking unknown time. 23 years old. Okay. Uh, are you ready for this one? No. Last night, the girl came to our campsite for a f- the girl meaning Lauren. Right. I would, yeah. Okay. The girl came to our campsite for a few minutes saying she was going back to her ex-boyfriend, hung out very shortly. Then I fell asleep and woke up and she was gone. Too bad to her ex this morning. And he said she said came back after we left and was trying to get with him the night after we seen her at camp. He said she was trying too long take out with him in front of his new girlfriend. Then he walked away, scribbled out. Also, there are no spaces in his. That is all one fucking word. No spaces. <laughs> okay. He didn't even sign his. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I can't find his. Can I see it? Yeah. <laughs> I have those on the Instagram, guys. Don't you don't, oh you, don't you worry. Oh my goodness. So I'm gonna break them apart. Okay. So in Hannah's written statement to the authorities, she said they were out at the marina. She said they got in the canoe. Then she put in the parentheses, you know, like we're going home, aka the cliff. She said they're getting ready to go to bed. Lauren and Chris are sleeping together in the hammock. She and Aaron are going in the tent. They wake up. Lauren's already gone. She says like, hey, I don't think to report her missing because Lauren probably is meeting with friends at Wakefest. That's why I don't think of anything, which, OK, maybe I'll play a devil's advocate there. They did see Cassie Franks the night before. Mm-hmm. If Lauren had said something to allude to, hey, I'm going to meet up with Cassie tomorrow. That makes sense. Yeah. However, um, Lauren seems like a level headed human. She did not say these things, I assume. So I don't know. To me, that seems a little suspicious. Okay, but continuing on. All of it is suspicious. Especially when in the note, Hannah says she noticed all of Lauren's stuff is still at the site. Right. And later we'll find out all of her stuff is her shoes, her cell phone, her wallet, her keys, her everything. Okay. Like, so literally everything. Literally everything. (laughs) She then scribbles things out. Okay, Hannah writes she went to the marina bar to see if Lauren's there. She scribbles something else out. She says she saw the policeman. She headed their campsite. And then the whole scribbled out how many number of canoes there are okay we'll come back to the canoe thing also 
All right. Then we do Aaron's statement. Aaron says he remembers hearing Lauren cry about her ex while returning from the bar. He said that they talked to the ex the next morning and Lauren's ex told Aaron that that night Lauren maybe tried to make a move on him, but he refused. He said that they saw her go to a houseboat. She was the last one to be seen that night around midnight before he and Hannah went to bed in the tent. And then he scribbles out an entire sentence. But remember, we have 2 a.m. footage. So, um, <laughs> OK, then the next thing was Chris's written statement. And he refers to Lauren as the girl because he is a piece of shit. Um, he says the girl you're sharing a fucking thing with her. Like, you know, her name, you fuck. OK, um, <laughs> He then says, oh, yeah, she's going back with her ex. And then we laid down. We fell asleep when we woke up. She was gone. Um, The ex's boyfriend the next morning said that later that night, Lauren tried to go back to the bar and make out with him in front of his new girlfriend to get back. And he refused. He walked away. So that's what we picked up from all this. Right. Okay. None of these match like fully. The closest thing is we hear something about the ex. Right. Yeah. But even the ex stories don't match at all. Like one of them is going to a houseboat and one of them staying at the marina. So they were like, okay, there's a lot of, lot of discrepancies here. Like, wow. Mm-hmm. So they're like, who's this ex? All right. The ex is Clint Martin. So they like go and ask Clint and Clint's like, yeah, none of those things happened. <laughs> none of those, none of those scenarios happened one bit. So the authorities are like, cool, cool. The only thing we have to go off of is not true. All right. Cool. So the stories continue to keep evolving and changing, of course. Mm -hmm. And at this point, Hannah mentions that maybe Lauren actually fell off the cliff when she was going to the bathroom that night. Just maybe. Yeah, because she might have. She might have done that. So here's the story about the outhouse. (laughs) They don't have one. So what they do is they designate an area. And so it's like kind of like where the drop off is. And they're like, you just like squat and you go to the bathroom and it drops off the side of the cliff. No, and no, yeah. No. And so they're like, well, when it's dark, maybe she just fell backwards and took a tumble. Now, later, this theory will get ruled out because the mannequin test and they're like, well, if she would have fell in the area where the fake outhouse poop squat area is, mm-hmm. she still would have lived because like there's enough brush that she would have fell through. She would not have made it to the water. So that's not true. Well, then Chris changes his story again, and he's like, actually, she didn't stay with me that night in the hammock. Oh, but so you didn't have consensual sex either? I don't know. (laughs) Now, this is my personal thing. Lauren weighs 105 pounds. She's a tiny little bitch. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I would assume everyone in the world knows what a hammock is or at least has, if not used one, seen one. I feel like everyone's at least used one, but maybe not. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a slut for a hammock. Love a good hammock. Oh, yeah. And... I feel like egg chairs are trying to replace hammocks and that sucks because I love them equally. I don't want them to fight for my love. They are equal in my eyes. Okay. Now, here's the thing. If you've ever been in a hammock, you know, the biggest bitch is getting in and out of them and how much the weight shifts in them, especially if there is anything in them with you. Specifically, um, another another human? person. Yeah, and I can't even think of sharing a hammock. Yeah, there is no way if there was two people in this hammock. Especially, I don't care. She's one hundred and five pounds. I don't care how tiny she well, is. It's like a camping hammock. This ain't no like. It's a little rope. stringy blue one. Yeah, it's a it's a camping hammock. Like weight displacement is going to make this shift. I don't yes. care if he was sleeping. He is going to feel this. Yes. 
he is going to feel this, especially if they're on this edge of the cliff, because she's going to have to kind of like swing her body slightly to make sure she has good footing. There is no. Okay. 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 So there were these recordings when the group was questioned because Officer Yarchuk made recordings because, again, he felt weird about everything. And in it, you hear Hannah upset and crying, talking about how she started searching for things. And she noticed that Lauren's personal belongings were left at the campsite, kind of like how she wrote in the written statement. Mm -hmm. She said she saw Lauren's flip flops, keys, wallet and her cell phone all at the campsite. And she's like, my, like, Lauren is my friend, and I know for a fact she would never leave without those things. And that actually made her think something's wrong. Oh. Oh, so you thought something was wrong, but not enough to, like, call anyone or say anything or do anything. And then you right. even went to the marina, and you didn't, like, notify the elders or anything? No, you're just partying. Because she's like, well, I went to the marina to see if she was there, and she wasn't. And then I still didn't notify anyone. Wouldn't you have then been like, mm, if she isn't at the place where I assumed she would have been, I would have mentioned it then to the people there. Oh, yeah. OK. A million percent. So the DeKalb County Sheriff's Department said they found no evidence of foul play at this point after speaking to everyone. They said that it sounded like Lauren fell off the edge of the cliff and either died from the fall or just potentially drowned. After. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel, too. OK. Now, after talking to authorities, the rest of the group continued their weekend adventures and resumed partying for the remainder of the weekend, having a great time. Yeah, because, you know, their friend didn't die or anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, remember Cassie, Cassie Franks, the Mm -hmm. ex of Aaron? Mm -hmm. And I said, put that pen, that really big pen, the the biggest pen of all pens. Yep. Are we taking it out now? We're going to talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Authorities finally speak to her because she's like, hey, I know everyone in that group. I even dated one of them. And I'm like really good friends with Lauren. Can I like give my peace of mind? And they're like, sure. What's up? And Cassie's like, hey, so here's a problem. Um, I dated Aaron. And they're like, oh, really? And she's like, yeah. And when I dated him, he was very aggressive and physically abusive to the point where, like, that's why we broke up. And they were like, oh, really? And she's like, yeah, uh, here's photos, actually, of my injuries that were inflicted by him, including bruises and bite marks. Oh, why does that matter? You wonder? Well, when Lauren's body was removed from the water and sent him for an autopsy during the autopsy, They noted that Lauren's blood alcohol level was twice the legal limit, and the medical examiner determined that Lauren's death was accidental, supposedly, stating that Lauren could have fell from a cliff, landed on rocks, and rolled into the lake because of how much bruising there was. Mm -hmm. But if not, the official report said that Lauren died of blunt force trauma from falling off the steep cliff into the lake and possibly drowned. But um, the big thing is, is even with all that, They didn't actually note the really big parts. They didn't mention the bruising and hemorrhaging on Lauren's neck, even though it was obvious and visible. And the hemorrhaging is consistent of what it would be to be held down by the throat. Hmm. Like as if you're being attacked. Right. Mm -hmm. The autopsy did note that Lauren had a broken nose, busted lip and markings on her chest. But they did not list it as a bite mark because they said it was inconclusive what it was shaped as. Even though it did look quite similar to the bite marks Cassie Franks had. Hmm. They also did mark down the triangular mark on her abdomen, but they said they didn't know what it could be caused from. It was also mentioned that since Lauren was found face down after her death, that since her blood had pooled, the discoloring on her skin and her chest and torso had caused lividity. (sighs) Officer Yarchuk was upset by the statement because he clearly remembers seeing Lauren's body floating in the water. And the fishermen told the story of the hot pink item catching their water 
<laughs> Wait, what did I just say? I said it wrong, didn't I? No, you said catching their water. Okay, so of, I did say it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> catching their eye in the water, and that's how they knew where to look for something because they saw something floating in the water. So everyone mentions floating, right? Right. If you're drowning, you sink. Okay. Mm-hmm. You don't float on the water due to the water in your lungs. So that's like a big thing to note here. Right. So this was a huge plot hole in the investigation and the rulings, but everyone just was like, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> and then the case was closed less than two months later. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Now I want to talk about something. It is entirely 100% possible to drown without any water being in your lungs. You can drown with 0% water in your lungs. It's called dry drowning. It is common more with children rather than adults. And the term dry drowning refers to acute lung injuries caused by water aspiration that would develop over minutes to hours after exposure. And it'll continue to progress into respiratory failure. But that's not what happened. (laughs) That yeah, that's that's not this. This is not what happened. And it's it can be proven that didn't happen here. So like if someone ever tells you like, oh, they drowned, but they didn't have any water in their lungs. And you're like, that's crazy. No, that is possible. As weird as that fucking is, it's it's a I'm not even surprised at this point. <laughs> yeah, like it sounds weird, but it's actually real. Uh, <laughs> crazier shit has happened, I guess. Yes. So Lauren's family was really upset by this. They were like why why isn't anyone fighting for justice like why is no one concerned about this like clearly something is missing here right like no one understands that so sherry her mom was like something's amiss we we need to know more she said that there seemed like there was a bunch of pieces to this that weren't adding up so her mother was curious as to why hannah aaron and chris weren't concerned on sunday when they realized that lauren wasn't there because remember it wasn't until 4 30 that even the fishermen had found her so like they weren't worried in the morning right they just got up and started to party because mm-hmm. that's what you do they said that uh her mother said that they said they said the story about her like visiting friends didn't seem to make sense if all of her belongings were left behind and she didn't think it made sense that no one reported her missing numerous followers who had been looking into the case noticed that chris posted after the weekend onto his instagram account he posted on july 27th the weekend after or like right after the weekend ended of Wakefest a picture that has Hannah and Aaron on a boat with the caption that says best weekend ever. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. The caption later got changed to Wakefest 2015 was pretty good this year. Met some new friends that made it awesome. That's not That's any not better. <laughs> Bro, you shared a hammock with a girl who's now dead. Right. Who you may have raped, but you are calling consensual sex. Okay. So with this case being deemed solved with no foul play and an accidental drowning, life resumed on for everyone in the group. Hannah, Aaron, and Chris didn't attend the funeral, which, okay, that kind of makes sense for Chris not to attend because remember, like, supposedly they had just met that weekend. Whatever. Fuck that. I still would have gone. But, like, Hannah was her lifelong best friend. Isn't that weird that she didn't fucking attend? Like, yes. Sherry was like, that's fucking fucked up. Like, she's like, that's disrespectful to my child. Yep. You were supposed to be her best friend. You were the reason she's gone. You invited her. You are the reason my child is not here. Yeah. Two separate people had reached out to Sherry saying that they were concerned that this didn't seem like an accidental death. One of them was Christopher Yarchuk, the off-duty officer, guard, guy <laughs> thing, dude. Yep. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. But then another one was the forensic scientist named Mark Galepsi. 
And both these people were like, hey, we don't have enough to like tell you what happened and to like lead into an investigation right now. But we know that this this, you know, we're going to give you our opinion. It sounds like a covered up homicide. Mm -hmm. And she's like, whoa, well, you guys sound pretty official, though. (laughs) So she's like, all right, sounds good enough for me. So she started to pay out of pocket to solve the case by herself. Of course. I mean, leave it to a mom, okay? Leave it to a mama fucking bear. And Sherry's the best one. So Sherry hired a hydrologist, hydrologist, (laughs) a hydrologist is a person that studies how water moves across and through the earth's crust by studying how rain, snow, and other forms of precipitation can impact river flows or groundwater levels and how surface water and groundwater evaporate back into the atmosphere or eventually reach the oceans. That sounds incredibly boring. That is the worst fucking job I've ever heard. (laughs) I like science, but no. (laughs) Do you just play with rainwater? Okay. Yes. I fell into a hole. I fell into a hole. I fell into a hole. Oh, no. This one's really, really, really interesting, and I'm going to make it really, really fast. But this actually (laughs) is a good time to bring it up. I wanted to know when was the right time I can do this. And maybe this is common knowledge. And I'm behind on the times. Did you know that in most places in the United States, it is illegal to collect rainwater? And if you do it, your state can charge you a fee and tax you for collecting rainwater and saving it because it's illegal. So like if you have like a barrel outside and you collect it. Yeah. Yeah. They can charge you for that and they can like come and tax you and put it in like your IRS taxes and stuff. And it is illegal to do because it's water, I guess. But I have feelings. I have feelings. Yeah. Well, because I saw this girl who was doing it for her plants in Canada and everyone in the comments was like, I'm crying in U.S. And I was like, why are you crying in the United States? Who the fuck does you? And then I started digging deeper and deeper. And then I got into like rainwater TikTok and people were like, I wish I could do it. But my state's an illegal state, blah, blah, blah. And then I started learning more and more. And yeah, it's illegal in a lot of places to collect rainwater. So what do crops do? I don't know. Be illegal. (laughs) I'm so confused. Does that mean like my vegetables are illegal? Illegal, not immigrants. My gardens? My gardens are illegal? Micro gardens? I don't know. Huh. But yeah, I found out this whole little portion of something and I'm like, the fuck? I got in two really weird... I got in that, and I also got in this other thing called Bali Ballersons. Do you know what that is? No. <laughs> Bali Ballersons is only in three places. It's in, like, London. Oh, my God. I don't even know the other two places. I'm going to make up places, like, Madrid and Italy. Those are the places. It's not those three, but it is. Okay, so you know how when you go to a bar, like, let's say a club more. Like, imagine, like, a club from a movie, not, like, a real club that you've probably gone to because most of us don't live in, like, huge, huge cities. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. You know a real how, like, club. Yes. Like a club where like there's bars and then like you go to another level, like either down a floor yes. or up a floor and there's like a dance floor. OK, well, imagine if you go down a floor and there's a dance floor, but it's a ball pit for adults. Uh, okay. That's what Bali Ballerson is. It's a, a ball pit for adults. And that's what the club is, is it's an adult ball pit. And they sanitize and clean all the balls every single night. And it's only open every other night so that the other night is a cleaning night. And 
it's and you go to the bar and it's a ball pit and that sounds intense it looks so cool from the videos and they do theme nights they also do like emo night and things like this and stuff and their tiktok is called bolly ballerson and they do really fun videos where they're like do you want to see what we found in the ball pit tonight people lose every fucking thing in the world you could imagine in there obviously but it's really funny and i was like oh my gosh so now i need to go to london for a whole new reason i've wanted to go for a million reasons and now I need to go for another reason because I need to go to Bali Ballersons. It's London, Edinburgh, and Cardiff. That's all it. in the UK. Yes. So those are the two TikTok themes that my for you page is right now. Is I love that for you. Bali Ballersons and Rainwater TikTok. Okay, so. it does look pretty legit. Doesn't it look really <laughs> cool? It's not like the colored balls that you. No, like, like, they're like they remind me of pearls. Like they're like clear. Yeah. yeah, they are very cool. <laughs> No, I need to go. Yeah, isn't that like, I don't even know how I stumbled upon that on accident. So like, uh, for those of you that don't follow me on other socials, uh, I accidentally went viral on TikTok this week, very accidentally. And I had my TikTok hit um, over a million some views. And with that being the case, um, TikTok is like um, trying to make me broaden my horizons. They're like, since you're a viral creator now, I am not a viral creator, mind you. I have only a few thousand followers. Um, they're like, since you're a viral creator now, why don't we show you new content? So my FYP is not catering to me anymore. Oh, I love that for you. Yeah. It's showing me like all new content. (laughs) And if I like it, it broadens my horizon in a sense. So it's showing me other things and it's showing me other up and coming creators that are viral like me. And I'm like, please stop. Bring (laughs) me back what I like and don't make me find it again. Right. I literally had to scroll. Okay, normally I can find Taylor Swift in One Direction every four videos. I had to scroll like 30 videos to find one single Taylor Swift video. And it was fucking Super Bowl Sunday. Wow. It was Taylor's day. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I love TikTok. that for you. Yeah. My <laughs> FYP is fucked. But I found volleyballers in that way. And I found rainwater. So now you know. Here and we are. are hydrologists. <laughs> The things I teach you in the fucking CSP world. Right. I teach you way more than crimes, guys. I teach you useless shit. You're welcome. So Sherry hires this hydrologist, right? I just sound like I'm saying the wrong word. Mm. Hydrologist. That's Mm -hmm. it, though. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sherry hires the hydrologist, and they determine that if Lauren would have fell from the cliff where she was camping, it would have been impossible for her body to have float against the current backwards into the cove where her body was found and again she was only 105 pounds like her body wasn't traversing the currents here she's not Dwayne the rock fucking johnson (laughs) right (laughs) i'm not trying to be like morbid here but like for real honestly (laughs) right so then sherry hires a private investigator named sheila wysocki i love that sheila's a badass I love that name. And if you really want to dig heavy into this case, Sheila has her own podcast about this case, too. And she Ooh. digs real deep into this stuff. Okay. Sheila's life goal is to solve the Lauren A.G. case. So Sheila wants to carry out her own inquiry to looking into this. Sheila became a P.I. after she helped police solve the murder of her college roommate. Now, Sheila's added a ton of information into the case of like, just putting new information out there in the world. A month after that funeral happened for Lauren and like no one showed up for it. Remember it? Well, none of the idiots that were with her that weekend. Right. Some things happened. Hannah and Aaron moved to Florida together. 
Okay. And around the time of the moving, some mean comments about Lauren and the circumstances of her death started coming out on the internet, including a lot of false statements and some rumors. Sheila started digging into this and tracked the IP address of where these comments were coming from. The IP address tracked back to Florida. Conveniently, it also tracked onto the same street where Hannah and Aaron actually lived. Mm, Don't like that. Sheila decided to go ahead and try to interview Hannah and Aaron once more, and she videotaped this interview. Um, So at this point, Aaron's not home during the interview. So Hannah starts to talk about the weekend leading up to her death. Hannah agrees, weirdly enough, right? That is weird, actually. Yeah. So Sheila like comes into the house and Hannah's talking about the weekend leading up to her death once again. And Hannah's being really like cordial and talking about it. And she's like, you know, like I've, I've talked about it. I'll tell you again. Like she's really mature. And she claims that she doesn't think sh- none of them had anything to do with it. She didn't. Aaron did it. And she says she doesn't think Chris did either, honestly. And Hannah agreed to go on record in the interview with Sheila. During the interview, some things were brought up that I hadn't ever heard in this case. And so probably other people hadn't either. And so it seemed like it was all like new information, right? Hannah talks about that they brought their dog to Wakefest. Oh, so there was a dog at the campsite. How? So supposedly (laughs) they carried it. Okay. Up the hill. No, like she just like climbed it. She was a very like their dog is very uh, she like climbs mountains and shits. So they have a German shepherd. Mm-hmm. And from a young age, she has been doing everything with them. She goes on boats. She like climbs sh- shit. She goes camping with them. And I will say they still have this dog. Her name is Virginia. And she does everything. And like they have videos of it. They have pictures like I could fully see this dog just running the fuck up that hill herself like (laughs) it would not surprise me especially as like an energetic puppy yeah however the pictures of only a week away from that event okay i went and scrolled i doom scrolled it took me about 40 minutes to find on the internet this picture of how old their puppy was during the time of wake fest because you'll find out that they delete all their pictures from like that month right but Two weeks after the event, their dog's about 30 to 40 pounds. Now, knowing how much puppies grow and everything, I would say their German Shepherd puppy at a minimum would be like a minimum at least over 20 to 30 pounds. So you're looking at like a 30 pound German Shepherd. Okay. Okay. Who at one point she also said was jumping in and out of the hammock. And like staying with them Mm -hmm. and barking and like a puppy at this campsite. You're telling me you think a girl fell over the edge of the cliff and there's like a puppy here and everything and no one's. Okay. 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 And also, where was this dog during any other part of the story? Like partying and all of that? Literally. Just hanging out in the bar with everybody? Or, like, was it back at the campsite just chilling in the fucking tent? It is a puppy. It sleeps a lot, I guess. Was it in a crate this whole time for hours? Was it on one of the houseboats? Like, I, I'm i very confused. Maybe they did bring it to Marina. It was a how, puppy. How, though, they have to bring everything with them up? And in the boats? Like, no. I just, this sounds very, okay. There was pictures where it looked like the dog could have been with them. So I do believe the dog maybe was there. So maybe the dog did run up and stuff. So, okay, let's pretend we're doing a little like thing. If the scenario was they left the dog there, 
I don't think they would have brought a crate or anything. That would have been too complicated. So, okay, let's mm-hmm. say maybe they zipped the dog into the tent. That could have been a solution because it is a puppy still. I suppose, but wouldn't puppies? You would think, wreck? but maybe they already had it trained somehow. Oh. Whatever. Okay. But at the same time, so what you're like, does it have like a lead with it and stuff? Right. Okay. And then, and are you taking it back and, or are you taking it back and forth in the marina and what you're holding it on a canoe and it's not like getting excited? Okay. First off. Um, and you're just like having it around all these drunk people in the bar because it's not in any of the videos. So I assume it's not at the marina unless we just couldn't see it where it's at. It's just odd that we don't also hear- like how many videos and photos do you have of your dog? This is just so weird that we yeah. never once heard anything about Virginia, the dog yeah. being there until this. Interview. I feel like uh, Chris. Like Yarchuk. Officer mm-hmm. dude would have noticed the dog and would have said something about the dog. Like, oh, that group with the dog. Like, it would have been their identifier. Well, that too. Like, how come no one or even the elders, the elders were noticing, and I keep calling them the elders. I hate that still. Like, I feel like Harry would have been like, oh, yeah, the couple that brought their dog to my marina. Like, yeah, you would have said that. Yeah. And if they didn't, he would have been like, oh, when we went and saw them, yeah, they were talking, their dog was barking or like they had the quietest dog. I feel like he would have said either something. Way, something about yeah, a dog. You would have, yes, you would have said something. So it's very about confusing, right? Yeah. So then Hannah also mentions how the night before Aaron was so blackout drunk that they actually found him passed out on a random houseboat and they had to carry him back to the campsite. And so that's why he couldn't be like at all in this scenario mm-hmm. because he wouldn't have been able to do anything to Lauren. He was in- incapacitated. So, like, if you even think he did something, he wasn't because he was blacked out. Okay. Hannah also mentions that the one canoe they had is the only boat or canoe they have for transportation. Because remember, the, like, concept may be for canoes. Mm -hmm. But no, she clarifies there is one. Okay. And you have to remember, the next morning we see Aaron Lilly using that canoe to get to the cove where he meets up with the authorities accidentally. Right. Okay. So this implies that if Lauren had left the campsite, she was either picked up by someone or taken because he has the canoe. So if Lauren was gone, Lauren did not leave using the canoe. Right. Mm -hmm. Because the canoe was still at the campsite. Also, when Hannah is at the marina, Hannah either was picked up or taken because Hannah was found later that day at the marina at the marina mm-hmm. right so yeah hannah says again that she searched around the campsite after noticing that lauren was not there but she never went outside of the campsite really like she never then like asked anyone did anything she said she never notified lauren's mom because everyone kept reassuring her saying lauren's just with friends she's doing her own thing and if you worry people then like everyone's gonna like ruin the whole weekend and stuff like that and like come on like just Lauren's gonna get in trouble if her mom thinks that she's off like we lost her or something and like I again I hate to do this but like I do kind of see it when she words it like that yeah like for the first time I kind of get it if you're all your friends you are out drinking partying and you know that mom doesn't like you and all the friends are like you know if you contact her mom right now she'll never trust you to take a vacation so okay that time it makes sense for the first time Okay. Somewhat. Somewhat. I would still be too. Upset. I would have still notified the fucking elders. Yeah, I still would have been. Just maybe not her mom yet. 
I understand maybe not contacting the mom. That's fair. (laughs) Cause then at least if the elders were like, oh yeah, actually we saw her like two hours ago. She actually did go on a houseboat. Okay, cool. I didn't need to contact her mom who was multiple hours away, but at least the person who was here saw her. Right. Okay. Then um, Hannah says she, Aaron, and Chris later went to the marina, right? And Hannah says she saw Lauren's ex, right? And when she asks Lauren's ex if he had seen Lauren, he says he hadn't. And that's how Hannah realizes something's maybe wrong because no one all of a sudden had seen her. But it wasn't until then that she thought anything was weird. Right. Uh-huh. Okay. Because that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. And in this video, all of a sudden, where they're doing this interview, Hannah gets a phone call. So she answers the phone call from Aaron during the interview. And, like, she doesn't put it on speakerphone, but clearly the person's talking loud enough. You can just, like, kind of make it out. Like, mm-hmm. not word for word, but you can catch parts of it. Right. And so Sheila's, like, definitely trying to listen. And she thinks she hears Aaron say the, say, stick to the story. Okay. And then Hannah's like, you know, like, I got to go. So then Hannah gets off the phone and then really quickly, Hannah gets a second call. So she's like, okay, uh, I got to take this one too. And this phone calls really fast. And then the moment she hangs up, she's like, okay, the interview's done. And she's just like, I got to stop. It's over. And Sheila's like, but what about, and she's like, no, no, like it's over. I can't speak anymore. And Hannah's done. Hmm. So Sheila's like, okay. Seems um, a little sus. Yeah, that's weird. So Sheila doesn't believe that this is like a accident at all. Right. Sheila starts reviewing the autopsy photos and saw what she appears to think is a strange bite mark, which we've heard that before, right? Right. Mm -hmm. She says it looks like on Lauren's breast, there's a bruising um, that looks like a bite mark, but there's also bruising on Lauren's inner thighs. And she says it believes that uh, it also looks like Lauren's body shown sides of strangulation, like someone choked her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These all sound kind of similar. Rapey? Also yeah, a little bit. Yeah. A little, okay. bit, little bit rapey. Yeah. Sheila believes that the thigh injuries could have came from an attacker attempting to rape her as they would kneel down and pin her legs to keep her from moving. She said her other injuries that had included a broken nose, broken fingers, could have been done from falling off a ledge. That is true. Or from fighting off an attacker. Right. More interestingly, the autopsy revealed there's no water in Lauren's lungs or stomach because sometimes you will swallow the water and that's where it goes. Mm -hmm. So Sheila came to the conclusion that Lauren was dead before she was ever placed in the water. At this point, Sheila started to have a personal theory. She believed that Lauren was being held down while trying to get away before ultimately falling back, hitting her head, causing the blunt force trauma, thus leading to her death. And out of fear, her body was placed into the water to disguise the truth of what happened because it was a rape that turned into an attack that turned into a potential covering up. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now Sheila and Lauren's family decides to buy a 105 pound mannequin. That's the same height and weight as Lauren. And they like put a wig on it and everything. And they start doing some tests. They start throwing and dropping this mannequin (laughs) The one picture I found, it's like they're just like throwing this thing. Right. Um, They throw and drop this mannequin over the edge of the cliff so many times. Right. Just to see what would happen. How many times does it get caught in the brush? How many times does it make it to the water? Right. Like what's the average here? The results showed that the mannequin almost every single time got tangled in the brush going down the cliff. The tests that finally did get to the bottom of the cliff, they had to roll over several feet of rocks before even getting to attempt to land in the water. Now. You remember how I mentioned that, like, there's also this peninsula shape. Mm -hmm. So not only does it have to get through all this brush, 
then roll over several feet of rocks, but it has to get around the peninsula shape where it's going to have to float against the current around a 35 foot bend of land just to get to the head of the cove and then flow into the cove against the current also. By that's itself. how big it was. Yeah. Yeah. So Chris Yarchuk is like, wow, that's a crazy thing. I'm going to do the same thing. <laughs> so he and Crime Watch Daily, who's an affiliate in Nashville, buy another dummy, the same size and weight of Lauren, and they pick a bunch of spots surrounding the campsite, just in case if maybe she was moving around that night. Mm-hmm. And they... Like, between these tests, there were over 50 drops with these mannequins. They start throwing and dropping mannequins. They have all the same results. No one can make this dummy even get to the water, let alone where she was fucking to a cove at all. Right. Lauren's mother, Sherry, files a wrongful death action lawsuit against Aaron Lilly, Hannah Palmer, Christopher Stout and Brixner Campbell. Okay. You're like, who the fuck is Brixner Campbell, right? (laughs) You're like, who the fuck is that? You mentioned Virginia. Now who the fuck is Brix? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Okay. So Brix is the only one that matters. (laughs) Because she's the dog. Yes. So I'll talk about Brixner in a minute. So there's also John Doe's and Jane Doe's in the case, which we believe is them. But it's on July 22nd, 2016. The complaint stated the circumstance and medical causes of Lauren's death alleging that the defendants intentionally, recklessly, or negligently caused Lauren's death and asserted causes of action for wrongful death and intentional infliction of emotional distress. Sherry was hoping to find some new answers so that hopefully she would get better information in the case. So she wasn't even saying like 100% they did it, but she was hoping they could lead her to more answers. Because she knew it wasn't what it was. Yeah, but that didn't work. The group literally pleaded the fifth against every single complaint and exercise their right not to testify. There was literally one question that simply stated, did you, did you harm Lauren Agee the night of her death? And instead of just being like, yes or no, they were like, I plead the fifth. Sounds great. The judge ruled that there wasn't enough evidence for a wrongful death lawsuit to move forward. And so after the wrongful death case was thrown out, Hannah made a blanket statement saying the profound sadness I had experienced when learning the death of my best friend, Lauren Agee, has only been approached by the painful allegations I somehow contributed to her demise. I'm sorry, how was there not enough evidence for a wrongful death? There just wasn't. I don't believe that. So Detective Jeremy Taylor, who had been working on the case for eight years now. Oh my gosh. Investigated Lauren's death again. He said he was disposed as part of the wrongful death suit. Now, fuck this guy. Oh, okay. (laughs) Detective Taylor should never have past anything to become a detective love that Mm -hmm. now he had been working on this case for eight years what did he do in this eight years i can't tell you a single thing i cannot tell you one thing this man did because he admitted while working on this case he had never worked a homicide case and he had no training in any homicide investigation so why is he a detective oh my god just wait (laughs) the deposition revealed that no rape test was conducted conducted because he didn't think there needed to be one He said Lauren's body was never swabbed for DNA. He said no DNA evidence was collected from under her fingernails. Taylor said he didn't listen to 911 calls. He did not look for blood evidence. He never looked into hiring divers. He did not interview the people who found Lauren's body. He did not talk to the people that made the 911 call. He did not talk to the people who were on the 911 call either. 
He did not speak to the residents of any of the houseboats that were docked close to where Lauren's body was found. He did not take into account the current and the travel of the water. And he did not go through with the rape kit. So, okay. So like I said, what did he do, right? Right? That all sounds like evidence of wrongful doings. <laughs> what did he do? What did he do? I'm genuinely like, I'm, I'm confused. What did he do? Okay. He theorized. Yeah. So he did give a reason because they were like, why didn't you do the rape kit? So the reason the police gave us their excuse for not going through the rape kit was because she was wearing a tampon. I hate it. I hate it. They said. I cannot. Yeah. (laughs) They said since she was wearing a tampon, there's no possibility she could have been raped that night. Bro. I'm going to stick it up your ass and we'll see if that theory is (laughs) correct. So the tampon thing has caused a lot of speculations, actually, because. Uh huh. Lauren wasn't on her period at the time of her death. Oh, my God. So that's like a whole nother thing is because people were like, did Lauren put the tampon in just in case? Because she was on the water and everything. Maybe she was nervous. Maybe she didn't want to have spotting. Something that's fair. Like that. it's, that's fair. OK, it's fair. But a lot of people are like, what if that was the decoy from the rapist so that they wouldn't do a rape kit? Yeah, because it worked very fucking clearly. God damn. When Lauren's bodies found she was clothed, but her clothes she was wearing were not her own clothes. And even her mother claimed the clothes that Lauren was wearing, including the undergarments she had on, looked like a different person had dressed Lauren. And the straps of Lauren's bra were tangled. And only three of the clasps were connected. The top one was entirely off. Sherry then consulted Mr. Leaker, who was a former police officer who now does investigate and consulting work, including homicide investigations. And she asked him about his opinions of what he considered, like, his opinions on this case. Mr. Leaker was put in on the trial and part of the uh, AG versus Palmer trial transcripts. Mr. Leaker said he believed that Lauren's death was a homicide, not an accident. He believed the homicide was a conspiracy that was covered up by Hannah, Aaron, and Chris, and that the police investigation was insufficient. Oh, shit. Clearly. He pointed out a number of factors, such as, number one, there was no water found in Lauren's lungs or stomach. Number two, there were injuries to Lauren's body that indicated she was involved in a struggle prior to her death that was not consistent with the fall. I.e. being there were symmetrical injuries to Lauren's back. The symmetrical marks are consistent with blood with a body being drugged or dragged. And also Lauren's clothing and injuries are inconsistent with a fall. Lauren's injuries do not include scrapes on the uncovered portions of her body, which would be expected if a person had fallen through brush that was present on the hillside. Initial pathologists believed that all the injuries that led down to falling in the rocks make this an accident. They believe that the marks on her body, including the bite mark, wasn't a bite mark at all, and that it was a mark from hitting rocks all the way down the hill. They said the strangulation marks were incorrectly identified, and they were actually a rock that was crushing her throat. Okay. Lauren also had that, like, weird 45-degree triangle on her stomach that I talked about. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you want to know what it is, they don't know, but it uniquely lines up exactly with the marking you were, you would get if you were pinned down against the edge of a canoe, specifically the exact canoe they used to get back and forth from their campsite. Hmm. Yarchuk noted the triangle back when he saw the body the first time, if you remember, and He said, with the imprint on her stomach, it looks like her arms and shoulders and head were put in the canoe and maybe her feet were dragging and she was pushed into the canoe. 
like, and her stomach had that imprint because of gotcha. it. Yep. The sheriff said the mark could have been caused from the transportation of her body to the cove from the marina, but uh, uh, Officer Yarchuk said that couldn't have been true for two reasons. He said he saw the mark before her body was transported, so that doesn't make sense. And also, the shape of the triangle on the front of the sheriff's boat is a different shape, and it would have left a different imprint on her because theirs is shaped like, kind of like more like square shaped. And Mm -hmm. like a canoe is a triangle, you know? Yeah. And so he's like, it would have been shaped like a canoe, specifically the one Aaron and Chris like showed up in. Like, I'm not stupid. I know what the fuck. I know. I know what a difference between a triangle and a square is. (laughs) Are you sure? (laughs) Like Officer Yartuk's like, don't gaslight me here. I know what I'm talking about. Right. Hannah, Aaron and Chris deny any involvement in Lauren's death and were never charged with any wrongdoing. Sadly, Officer Yarchuk could never have been part of the sheriff's department that investigated Lauren's death, so he couldn't ever reopen the case. But he continued to keep reaching out to Sherry and advising her to keep focusing in on it, specifically to say to take a look at the last three people who had seen Lauren alive, meaning those three. Mm -hmm. So Sherry's been keeping tabs on them. Christopher Stout, as of 2019, was sitting in jail for a parole violation. Sounds sounds about right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He had two DUI charges that were pending. I don't know the outcome of these, however, because uh, I could not find them. But he has a really long rap sheet of numerous offenses these days, according to Sherry. Aaron Lilly has a history of DUI and domestic abuse pending charges and a bunch of allegations of um, like domestic abuse against people. However, um, we'll get into that. Cassie was one of the people that tried to charge him with domestic abuse. But the charges ended up getting dropped, despite the fact that she had photos and evidence because they said it wasn't enough. Aaron also had rumors about how he would date multiple people and hide them from one another and how overall he was like not the type of person you'd ever want to get in a relationship with because of how violent and aggressive and awful he was as a boyfriend. Now, if you remember, I said there was like a bunch of pins kind of to put in with Aaron. Yeah. And how like I said, like Cassie and him like dated, but it was weird. So Cassie Franks, this friend, and it was like Aaron's ex, right? Well, okay, you know how... I just said Aaron has a history of dating multiple women. Uh Uh-huh. So Cassie and Aaron were so off and on that he was still dating and talking to her like only like a few days before Wakefest. Oh. So he was cheating on Hannah with Cassie and with Cassie with Hannah. And so like when they were at the marina and stuff like that, supposedly there was this like one part where like when Lauren went to go talk to Cassie, uh... I guess like Hannah was just like, I refuse to talk to her. Like, no, nah, I'll beat her ass or something like that. And like, right. There was just like this drama with them. Right. Right. And I've already talked about two different guys named Chris, but guess what? There's a third Chris. Okay. <laughs> We're going to talk about Chris Brown. Not that Chris Brown. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and not the Chris Brown from Lake Lanier either. A different Chris Brown. Cause I don't know if you remember, but there was a Chris Brown in Lake Lanier. Yeah. Um, so this one's a third one. No relationship to the, to the singer. So Chris was camping near the lake with his wife and kids. He wasn't attending Wakefest. He just like happened to accidentally book his camping weekend that weekend. Like, whoopsies. Oh, whoops, my bad. So they do that. And he says he was out and about swimming in the water. Or he was out and about on one of his boats. And he told police around what he thought was midnight. He saw a man swimming in the water. And Chris said, I saw a young man climb up on the dock. The young man appeared extremely distraught and worn out. He was spitting up water for several minutes. 
The young man told me that he almost drowned when he he swam back from the camping ledge to the dock. So that was at midnight, though. Mm -hmm. But remember, there's a few differentials in the story. Like at one point, remember, someone did say they left around midnight and then there was the houseboat incident around midnight and stuff. So that is kind of weird. But Chris Brown later, when he like looks at pictures and everything, he believes the man that he saw swimming in the water was Aaron Lilly. And the guy, when he describes Aaron Lilly, like before he just saw the pictures and everything of Aaron Lilly, he describes someone and the person he described had a similar physical appearance. And the description he gave, the person was wearing the exact same knee length American flag print swimming shorts that Aaron had on that weekend. But those shorts are really common at Wakefest. So like, uh, I don't know how accurate that is, but. Everyone has the same. <laughs> like literally everyone does. <laughs> okay. But what makes that story problematic is the fact that Chris Brown said this all happened around midnight and Lauren and her friends did see her there till 2 a.m. at one point. So either Chris had his time wrong and was mixed up or maybe really like this, like there was two times people saw Aaron out. Maybe Aaron was like looking at the cove. Some people wonder, like, was he out like scoping the area he was going to dump the body in was it a weird coincidence like mm, we don't really know what what was he doing yeah yeah then some other reports came about so i talked about brixner right so there was a fifth friend camping that night that's weird right because like we've never fucking mentioned a fifth person Mm -hmm. so there was a fifth person that was partying and camping with them his name was brixner gramble So Bricks helped Aaron and Chris set up the campsite. He arrived with them the first night and he helped set up the tent and the hammocks and everything. But supposedly, like, he might not be staying in the same campsite from what I gathered. Like, it sounded like he originally was going to and then he just, like, didn't when he saw that maybe, like, there was how dangerous four people, (laughs) which I'm wondering if maybe that's why there was the second hammock or something. I don't know. It's a little confusing. Okay. So then Sherry tells a story, um, which is remember Lauren's mom, about how Bricks shows up at her house the day after Lauren's death. So he comes home from Wakefest, right? And like mm-hmm. he says, he shows up at her house and he says he goes to school with Lauren's brother. And he says he was really like Sherry says he seemed really nervous and he was really awkward. And he says, uh, Do you know what happened to your daughter? And she's like, what? Okay. So she asks him what he wants. And he just like keeps asking, like, do you know what really happened to her? And she thought it was super weird. And then he just leaves. Now. Okay. If you dig into who the fuck Bricks is, you're going to find out some weird shit. He's a white supremacist. Oh. Who's obsessed with guns. Okay. Now, supposedly, Chris Stout and Bricks had never met before Wakefest. But after Wakefest, they end up becoming really good friends who keep in contact all the time. Now, also in 2017, Chris Stout goes to jail for a DUI. And these two guys stay in really good contact. So good of contact that Sheila gets an anonymous tip that Bricks murdered Lauren and threatened Chris to never speak about what he saw that night. And so like, yeah, they're like in cahoots now. Oh, Do you also remember I told you Sheila, the PI, you know, she goes to Florida and she asks Hannah if she can interview her and it's Mm -hmm. being recorded. Right. And, you know, the phone calls are happening. Yeah. Also, there's someone walking in and out of the rooms of the house because they have a roommate that's living with them with Hannah and Aaron. Mm -hmm. It's Bricks. 
Okay. Bricks is their roommate in Florida. Weird, right? Yeah. And also, when Hannah and Aaron moved to Florida, only a month later, they get married super fast. And everyone was like, that was really weird and really fast because also they like just got together and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, like it was only like a year later, they were officially married and everything was done. And then they welcome a daughter and they like are like, we're a happy, normal couple all of a sudden. Hmm. And some people are like, uh, does Hannah not remember he like cheated on her all the time and stuff like that? Right. And Sheila's like, I wonder if it's the whole concept of like, if you get married, you can't testify against one another. Oh, uh huh. Because that's a good concept. I feel like this is all his doing. But so there's another really weird thing. Um, okay, so this is like the thing about the two hammocks. So in that one picture, you see something, and this is a weird finding. When you read the court documents, you learn that the officers recorded that there was a singular tent, but two hammocks. And yes, it could have been an error, but in one of the pictures, it looks like there's a second hammock. And it could have been like a bag that the hammock was in that was the same color. That could have been what it is. Like, you know how like tent, um, like how tents come in a bag or like yeah, and it's sleeping. They are all colored roughly the same yeah. usually. Yeah. But no one knows for sure. Or it could have been maybe it was Bricks's hammock and he was going to take it to his own campsite. There are a lot of solutions to this. But if not, like, why didn't she ask like, hey, can I use that hammock yeah. so that we don't have sleep together? And also she did have a sleeping bag. If she was that uncomfortable, some people are like, why didn't she just be like, I'm going to take my sleeping bag and fucking sleep on the ground. Like, fuck this. I genuinely would type thing. So some people are like, have we been lied to? Was there more information that Hannah and Aaron didn't give us? All this stuff. And then back to Hannah's written statement. Southern Fried True Crime is a podcast that covers this case. And they really point out something. They talk about the alarming thing in Hannah's statement about the double canoes. Hannah originally wrote canoes, plural, right? Then she scribbles Mm -hmm. out the S and makes it singular. Mm -hmm. The reason why this has been like a put a pin in it moment and it's important is because she says, what if all along there were two canoes? And you're like, okay, so what? She thinks the reason that there could have been two canoes is because Lauren was killed somehow and like all that other stuff was happening. Sheila was right. It was a potential rape. The tampon was put in there to cover it up. And that's why he said the consensual sex, because it wasn't. And then the tampon was put there just in case. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she was held down. And then they were going to have to like put her body away or something. And what if she was put in the canoe incorrectly? And that's what's causing the indent because she's sitting there all day, partially in a canoe. And her body was stored in this canoe, hence the triangle and the lividity of being stored upside down. And they were using the secondary canoe as the main canoe and pretending they only had one while her body was being hidden. And that's why it wasn't found until late day, because the whole time her body was hidden in a first canoe that they pretended didn't exist. But why? Because they were trying to cover their tracks. I know, but why they kill her in the first place? Oh, because they didn't want her to speak out about getting raped is what everyone thinks. Mm-hmm. Whew. Okay, that's the whole case. So we have to talk about our feelings because I have more that isn't about the case that I want to talk about for my feelings. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. When it comes to this case, I have some feelings and they all circulate around Instagram. So I want to dissect this. And um, Kylie has not seen their Instagram, so I have to talk about it. On August 9th, 2015, so this is after all this happened, Aaron posted an Instagram video 
of one of his friends jumping off a bridge into water. And the caption reads, if your friend jumps off a bridge, dot, 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 would you do it too? And it turns out it's Chris Stout. And like, it's Chris Stout and him joking around about like, if your friend jumps off a bridge, would you? And that is so telling of their friendship. Yeah. And that really makes me feel some type of way. Okay. Part two. Aaron deleted all of the stuff about 2015 Wakefest. Convenient, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, I told you about the thing, finding the pictures of the dog, Virginia. Okay, next. In 2016, Bricks, Aaron, Hannah, and four other friends go camping, and they use the same blue hammocks, it looks like. Oh. And also, him and Bricks are all of a sudden friends now, too. Aaron and Bricks. Like, close friends. Also, (laughs) this one has nothing to do with anyone. I just... Aaron and Hannah are married, right? They live in Florida. They live near the beach and they adopted a second dog, specifically a husky. They're those fuckers. They have a husky in Florida. (laughs) Fuck these people. Like, I know that has nothing to do with this case, but like, if you live in a fucking sunshiny beach state, why are you owning a winter dog? Fuck you, Heron and Hannah. Heron. I said Heron. Heron. Heron and Hannah. Okay. Um... That had nothing to do with the case. It's just proving that they're shitty people, though. Aaron's Instagram is still up. He doesn't allow comments on any of his posts. Trust me, I checked every single one almost. He has thousands of posts. In December of 2017, Aaron got T-boned while... Oh, he rides... um Motorcycle? Crop rockets. Those are motorcycles. Well, yeah, but like the the... The stupid ones. He's bitch, probably bitch he's face squid. Ones. Yeah. I want to crotch rocket. Um, <laughs> That's fine if you're completely ones. covered and Yeah, I would be safe, safe about it. Yeah. Not so in December of 2017, Aaron got T-boned on his crotch rocket bike. And now he's in a wheelchair. Oh. So he goes by the nickname Sit Down Surfer because he still wakeboards and surfs. And so he has like this special like chair that's made for him that gets hooked into his wakeboards and he sits down to wakeboard and he does this. If he wasn't a piece of shit, this would be so inspiring and amazing. Right. But fuck him as a human. Yep. Hannah's uh, and like his Instagram is something about being a sit down surfer. So I guess like find it, search it, whatever. Hannah's is something about like Hannah Palm Triana or something like that. Fuck her. Hers is private. Chris's is Chris like with a bunch of T's. His is private. Couldn't find Bricks's because he changed his username too many times over the years. Fuck him. Here's my theory. Sheila's right about everything. They raped her. They killed her. They tried to cover it up. I fucking hate them. I fucking hate this case. I have since the first time I heard it. Fuck them. They should not be allowed to be living their lives so happily. And I do think that they got married so that they can't testify each other. That's all. Kylie? How do you feel? I don't even Whew. know. I don't even know. I I feel bad for her, their mom too. Oh She's yeah, so fucking the bad. the tampon thing is kind of like mind blowing. Like who would think of that? But then also like, how do you claim to be someone's best friend for life and allow this all to happen and just kind of like go like? She's clearly in a toxic relationship. She's clearly being love bombed. She's clearly being, um, you know, like coerced into different things and theories and all of that. And so I feel bad. I kind of feel bad for her. But then I don't because she still won't. She still won't. She still won't. She won't. Um, I love that you were 
so upset about the husky <laughs> fucking i just it's it's frustrating that they're just like living it up in in florida just hanging out of course it's florida and like he is so like, happy fucking on his instagram they have like such a happy life all of them he's like i don't even care that i got injured i'm living my best life i have sponsorships i have these i have these right like fuck him and well, why did why'd you delete everything from wake fest then if you're if you're not guilty <laughs> what was that what was that <laughs> also fuck detective taylor how does he still have a job you know what officer yarchuk just is officer yarchuk for president i almost said principal <laughs> <laughs> for principal of the united states 2024 no i agree yeah yeah it's it's the shitty it's the shitty copping that always gets it in the end for me always with the unsolved. And then this fucking judge. Who are you? What is your name? I didn't have it. Okay, well that fucking judge can go <laughs> fuck off too. Because how do you think there isn't enough evidence for a wrongful case? Mm-hmm. How? How? There was so much stuff that just kept getting brought later and later too. Like bricks. Virginia. Right. Fucking so many things. Is, uh, le- <laughs> All these things just kept. And I'm like every time I was writing something I was like. Did I forget to put that in earlier? And I'm like, no, this is genuinely the first time this is getting brought up. (laughs) And I thought I was sucking as writing an outline. And then I'm like, wow, this case is really this fucking messy. Don't they give some sort of like instruction on how to give a statement to? Probably. Like you need to include anybody that was listed. You need to include anybody that they saw. So, you you know, here's what this paper genuinely says. Okay. It says, um, like, it has the date, name, all the stuff. It says, like, I'm giving a statement to, and then you fill it in. They've identified themselves as, and then you write in who they are. And it says, I have, this one's easier to read, actually. Um, He has dutifully warned me that I have the following rights. I have the right to remain silent and to not make a statement at all, or any statement I make could be used against me in a trial. Any statement I make may be used as evidence against me in court that I have the right to a lawyer present to advise me prior to and during any questioning. If I'm unable to employ a lawyer, I have the right to a lawyer appointed to advise me prior to or during questioning. I have the right to terminate an interview at any point of any time. So like kind of your Miranda rights in a sense. Right. Then it says prior to and during the making of this statement or any statement I have and do hereby knowingly, intelligently, and voluntarily waive the above explained rights to make the following voluntary statements to the aforementioned persons of my own free will without any promises or offers of leniencies or favors without compulsions or persuasions by any person or persons whomsoever. Mm-hmm. So you're like agreeing, though, you are doing this like you could literally say no. It says in the first line, like you can say to say no. At the bottom, it says, like, I have read this statement consisting of however many pages and you have to write it. And each page will bear my signature, which Chris Stout does clearly not know how to do that. Clearly. Um, and you're supposed to write what time you finish at the bottom, it says. But and it says, I do affirm that all the facts and statements contained here are true and correct. And then signature of person making the voluntary statement. You have to sign it again. So you're supposed to sign it twice, I think. Because everyone signed it up top, but then everyone signed it there. So I think maybe they signed it above hand. And then they were like, oh, shit, I signed in the wrong spot. And then the witness signs it, which is the guy 
the sheriff guy. Right. And then it says the above warnings were given to me and the voluntary statements were taken in by and then he signs their name because it's like a different handwriting. And it said this one must be the same person named as the name above. And then that's the whole paper. And it says at the top, this is a voluntary statement in fucking bold print. It says voluntary. Like they were choosing in a sense because they could have been like, no, I don't want to do that. I'm vacationing. I don't want to do that. I came in with the fucking receipts tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I just found a picture of Virginia. She's so fucking cute. Isn't she the cutest? She is the cutest. And they fucking have a husky. Fuck them. In Florida. Anna's not even cute. None of them are. Oh, my God. Wait until you see. Lauren, though. Oh, my God. She's gorgeous. Literally gorgeous. If you see the picture, so look up Lauren AG and, like, try and find the picture of her in the blue hammock and you'll see this douchebag sitting behind her. Yeah, I see it. Yeah. That is Chris Stout. Douche. I think he even has a puka shell necklace on, does he? Because he's a piece of shit. I think he probably does. (laughs) Fuck him. I think so. I can just imagine him having one because he's a piece of fucking... And he has that flippy douchebag, like, Ryan Sheckler, early 2000s, late 90s vibe hair. Fuck that guy, bro. Fuck him. He doesn't have the necklace on. Oh, well, he deserves a puka shell necklace. He does. I'll send him one in fucking... Where does he live again? Florida probably also. I'll fucking send him one because he deserves one for the douchebag he is. But also, like, look at this fucking picture. Can you imagine? Like, they, they're they small people. His sunglasses and they're everything. They're small people, but you can't fucking share a hammock like that. No, not comfortably to sleep on. And also, you will feel the weight displacement when one of those people move from that hammock. At, or at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> And I'm sorry, but I don't know any German Shepherd that's not going to bark or muster a little movement and shit at night if you're moving around and stuff. Shiro never shuts the fuck up for Pete's sake. Neither does Saber. (laughs) In a different way. Like, there's nothing about this that seems legitimized. I don't know. Hate it. So I'm really interested to hear what anyone and everyone think. Maybe you guys believe it. If you do, I would love to hear your reasonings why I don't. I don't know. She's gorgeous. Like, I I, I can. mm. I'm down to clown anytime you want. If you want to argue about a case, I'm here for it. I I definitely it definitely was not an accident and it was definitely a rape cover up. I think so, too. And that's another thing. I I genuinely do think there is a rape in this case. I don't think it's just a murder. I think it is a rape cover up. And like the strangulation, like, how do you just like. Yeah, that doesn't matter. And the bite mark thing, like the bite and the triangle make me so confused. Like it, there's yeah. no other things to say what this is. And the fact that Cassie came in with like receipts and she's like, hi, I went through this with this exact human. Right. And they're like, oh, that sucks for you. Hmm. Probably not related, though. And now he's living his best life mm-hmm. with, with sponsors. his wife. How how are the sponsors just hanging out when all of these podcasts like, mm-hmm. bro, mm-hmm. you should be ashamed immediately. Wow. Indefinitely. Shame. Happy Valentine's. <laughs> this is late for you guys. I guess it's after Valentine's. But it's the day after. Is it? Or yeah. is it the day of? Oh, yeah. After midnight. Yeah. Later. Yeah. Yep. 
Happy Valentine's Day. I cannot wait for next week's episode. We gonna get into it. Oh my god, we're gonna get so into it, bro. <laughs> I don't think. All right, I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna be so real, Kylie. Uh-huh. I gotta be real with you. Can I be real with you? Always. Number one. Oh gosh, there's numbers. There's gonna be three. You okay. ready? ready? Number one. I'm so sorry for the accent I'm gonna have in next week's episode. <laughs> Because I'm going to so many times. You already did start when you were talking to me about it before. So. It's going to happen. Yeah, it is. And I'm not even, I'm not going to, yeah. Yeah. Part two. I, ha- we haven't even done it and I think it might be my favorite episode. Well. And number three. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Uh-huh. I can't pronounce any of the names in it, but oh, yo, love that for you. I'm so excited. I've been practicing the one line in the movie <laughs> where she's like, it's the first tweet ever. And it's it's the line from the movie. But I've been practicing it nonstop. Mm-hmm. And I can't do it near as well as her, obviously, because like she's iconic, right? Right. Um but I really just want to do it the way she does it. And um, I'm not going to get there. I'm going to be real. I, I won't. Mm-hmm. Are you sure? <laughs> because it's different. But she goes, y'all want to hear a story about why me and this bitch here fell out? <laughs> it's kind of long, but it's full of suspense. And that's how I'm going to start the episode. All right. Excited! I'm so fucking excited. <laughs> so I uh, can't wait to see you guys next week. I don't care if you ever listen to another episode again. Just listen next week and then call it a year. Please listen again though. After that. <laughs> right? I'm so sad. I'd be very sad to lose you guys. I like you guys a lot. Well, um, yeah. Anything else on your plate? No. Okay. We hoped that you guys talk about us t- to to us with us how you feel in case this one with us to us. Yeah. Thanks again for listening. <laughs> feel free to tell us how you feel. <laughs> I got there. Thank you for joining us after dark. We can't wait to chat with you next week for another new episode. Sleep tight. Did you have some feedback about this week's case? Or maybe you want to chat with us. Maybe you even have a suggestion you'd like to throw our way. We're always just a click away. You can easily find all of our socials on Linktree through Cryptic Soup Pod, which is available in our Instagram bio. You can also join the CSP Discord where we would love to chat with you. Thank you for joining us this week and make sure to check out our sources available in the description if you want to dive deeper into this case. Don't forget to show your support and love for CSP by leaving a review and rating wherever you normally listen. Next week, we will be back with a new episode where you can join in on the conversation after dark. Cryptic Soup Pod is a podcast that contains sensitive material at times. We understand that sometimes the subjects are too much for some of the listeners. We thank each and every one of you for being a member of the community and always supporting us. Thank you for everything, and we'll see you next time. So stay tuned.
or Aggie? Ag. Ag. Uh, is that where your mic's gonna be, Tina? I don't know, Corey. That's where you put it, Corey. I'm sorry, your face was gonna move. <laughs> That's where it's gonna be. I don't know though, because I don't have a blanket, so I can't you tell where it's blanket. gonna be. You want it? I keep it right here. You want it? Obviously. If you want me to record, <laughs> if you throw it at my face, hand what? It, hand it to me proper. <laughs> I had my hand out. So hand it to me proper. This is how I was going to get it to you. Hand it to me proper. <laughs> you want me to just... How did you still fuck it up? Because I figured you might move your arm. Because I went like this for you. I was presenting it nicely. Just help my... Corey, what the fuck is wrong with you? Wait, there's something. Oh here. my god! I want a One Direction blankie. Why don't you have one? <sighs> I can't really find one. I found a bunch That's of it. Harry Styles. I want a Harry Styles, a Louis Tomlinson, and a One Direction blankie. I want all three. Could you get? I found one a one for three. If you got a One Direction one and those two faces were on it, that's not the same thing, Corey, at all. It's fine. And yeah. I, I you have so you need you need half an hour at least. I'm no. ready. I'm ready. I'm waiting on this man. I'm waiting on him. I'm ready. I'm ready, girl. Girl. I'm so ready. I'm ready, girl. <laughs> I just wanted you to know how ready I am. <laughs> are, you, are you ready? I'm so ready, girl. Oh, you ready. get to hang out at the gym. Okay. okay. I am now John. <sighs> Have fun. Maybe. Don't tell me what to do. Huh? Don't tell me what to do. Maybe. Don't tell me what to do. I really need my neck to crack and it won't. It's driving me nuts. Working. <laughs> he has been driving me insane. Oh, I could tell by the way you addressed him earlier. <laughs> was it last? Last week I was uh, working from home mm -hmm. and he peed downstairs. He peed in the basement. He peed. He came up. He was getting yelled at by Corey. He came up. He peed in the living room. He peed in front of me. So he got yelled at by me. And I was like working. I was like on the phone with someone. Um, and then he continuously went around the corner into the kitchen and continued to pee. And I took him out. Oh my God. And he had peed. I don't actually physically know how he had pee. Corey said left in his body. Corey was like, he peed the other day when I was coming to get your car, like right when I went to leave. And then when I went to like return later, he also peed again. So he's like, he pees all the time. All he does is pee. It's his favorite thing to do. Yep. Steroids are fun on dogs with dogs. Doesn't sound very fun. Well, he doesn't tell us. <laughs> and then Saber pooped in the uh, she house says, yesterday. If he gets to do whatever he wants, why can't I? Like, why can't I? I'm sorry. I don't shit on the floor. <laughs> well. She said, maybe you should start. This could be a whole family that does whatever they want. I don't Apparently. mind. Okay, ready? <clears throat> okay. Welcome to Cryptic Soup. God damn it, Saber. <laughs> she wanted to feel included. You probably can't hear her, but just in case. <laughs> no, it's just you saying, God damn it, Saber. <laughs> yeah. People are like, what? <laughs> Welcome to Cryptic Soup. Tonight's case is the mysterious death of Lauren Aggie. 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 I said it really weird. <laughs> Aggie. 
A G. Like literally the letters A G. I know. Doing it again. Welcome to Cryptic Soup. Tonight's case is the mysterious death of Lauren Agee. God fucking damn it. (laughs) It's literally A G. It is the it's the Mm -hmm. it's it's Mm -hmm. the letters A and G. Lauren A G. Lauren A G. <laughs> I have so much faith in you. Third time's charm, buddy. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a very long day. <laughs>